too many words in the tweet. I'm going to need uh, do a dance or something. I don't know if you prepared a musical number. Uh, I always do, so. <sighs> um, get, get, get to it. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Um, all right, let's see. There was, uh... You must have been a beautiful baby. Anything? You got anything? No, I don't. I guess so. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm freezing under pressure here. Um, Rangers won. Max Scherzer... Well, Max Scherzer... Maybe, nah, 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 we can, we're going to talk about that. Okay. I mean, I need you oh. to do something. Happy Halloween, everyone. I hope everyone's right, excited right, for uh, for up. October 31st this year. Um, we, we, that was that was your, your costume? That was your moment. I'm obviously Michael Phelps. How can you not tell? Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that was your moment. That was This was a mom spaghetti situation for you. Yeah. This was... I also meant to finish chewing my mint before we started, and I didn't. You, you thought it'd be appropriate to grab the mint as the radio show was beginning? I thought beginning? I was going to have enough time. You thought that was the thing that you should do today? No. Got a lot of questions about your decision-making there, Buster. Got a lot of questions about it. Hi, Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. He was not ready today. He panicked. Yeah, I did. Boom goes the dynamite. What's that guy doing these days? I'd like to know that. Like, Watch him be like the play-by-play voice of the Pacers or something. I would love to know what Boom Goes the Dynamite is up to. A um, lot to do on a Tuesday edition of the program. Today's show is brought to you by Superbooks. I was doing doing some perusing this morning over at Superbook. I said, they've got to have updated the Super Bowl odds by now. And the truth is, they did. They just they remain bullish about the 49ers for some reason. And I think that creates some market, market inequity. And the Ravens at 10 to 1, that's enticing. As uh, our friend John Little Rock pointed out yesterday, probably enticing to try to get the Bengals at 14 to 1, or at least the Bengals maybe to win the AFC at 8 to 1. Those are some enticing numbers for a team that is coming on that looks right, that just beat the 49ers on the road on Sunday. I I get it. Now, I also understand that the NFC is more wide open, and that probably is part of the reason why the Super Bowl odds are what they are, that it just looks easier for a team to get to the Super Bowl through the NFC, and then once you're there, you've got a 50-50 chance of winning. But I don't know, man. I don't know. Interesting numbers. If you want to get on them, go to Superbook.com, download the Superbook app. When you do, use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up and you will receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match. Coming up on the program in a few minutes, our friend Chris Sims from NBC is going to join us. We'll talk some Ravens, some Lamar, and eh, a little trade deadline with him. Later on this hour, our next edition of County Sports Own Radio. We'll find out what's going on in the world of high school sports. Obviously, uh, boy, the City Poly was kind of fascinating over the weekend. I don't even know if Wes had that on his rundown. I should probably check. Make sure that was something he was planning on talking about. Well, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to add something to the list because City Poly was a big deal over the weekend, and uh, some history was made in that game. We'll tell you more about that in a bit. Also, this morning, we'll preview Waiver Wire Wednesday. Are we, are we picking up Will Levis? Are we doing that? Are we believing in this? Like, might have in my to, Matt yeah. Stafford league, am I going with Will Levis? discuss that with our buddy Joe Serpico from Pressbox. And uh, before the show ends, Will Leger. You might not recognize that name, but over the weekend, you might have seen this viral moment 
Johns Hopkins undefeated playing their biggest game of the year at Muhlenberg. And they were lining up for a game-winning field goal. And that field goal was blocked. Oh, no! In one of the more bizarre things you'll ever see. Oh, you want to go ahead? Yeah, should we do it now? or do you want? I mean, we're going to save it for later, but sure, why not? We can do it both times, I guess. I guess. I'll continue to talk. Well, I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Whatever. I don't care. You know, I'll continue. That is dependent on if Muhlenberg would jump offside. Yeah. So they're lining up for a game-winning field goal. It's a reasonable kick. It's like 32, 31 yards, something like that. 31 yards. Almost a chip shot, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the D3 level, no such thing. Okay, stop. Pause for a second. Pause for a second. Pause for a second. So the kick's blocked. We just saw that he picked it up. That it was picked up by someone. Muhlenberg, of course, celebrating, yes, right? Like yes. their their hopes and dreams in the Centennial Conference are very much alive. Problem is, in in Bizarro world, the kick is blocked literally right into the arms of Will Leger, the Hopkins tight end, who's going to join us later on. And as you see, Will Leger has a path. Yep, I, I have had another angle as well. Which yeah, there are a few other videos and you can that hear I saw. The crowd is like, "Yeah!" Right, and then they immediate something. Yeah, else. wild man. As Will Ajay proceeds to take that blocked field goal again, as long as it doesn't go outside of the the neutral zone, then you can just pick it up and try to push forward with it. And Will Ajay, one of the headiest plays in the history of the sport says, ah, look at that. I've got a ball. I'll just roll right around and on into the end zone for a touchdown. So we'll talk to Will Leger about that moment. One of the smartest things a football player has ever done at any level ever as John Hopkins, Johns Hopkins remains undefeated after their win at Muhlenberg. His name is Brian Collins, by the way. Boom, boom goes the. Oh yeah, what's he up to these days? Um, these I don't days. know if his LinkedIn is uh is updated, but it says he's a, a content producer for Premier Content in uh mm, in Cincinnati. I don't know what that means, but I don't think I like it. I don't think I. He like had some it. pretty. He had some real jobs before he went to. Uh, he was a he was a journalist at um, KSAX. In, I think I've decided that I'm I no know. longer. I think I've decided I'm no longer interested in it. I think I've I've tapped out on old Brian Collins. All right. Um, here's the deal. Last night. I'm watching the. I'm watching both games. I'm watching the baseball game after trivia. Of course, we'll get to trivia later. Uh, we won last night. Um, so after trivia, I'm watching both games. I got the football game on the TV. I've got the baseball game on the laptop. And I'm watching Josh Jacobs, and I'm thinking to myself, why haven't I talked more about Josh Jacobs? There are some rumors floating around that maybe the Ravens were in on Derrick Henry. I couldn't confirm the lengths that some people were trying to suggest. I would say that I feel comfortable enough that the Ravens did genuinely have interest in Derrick Henry. That I'll buy that. But like the stuff that was floating around yesterday, like, well, they had a deal in place and it was nixed by the, I, I couldn't get anything on that. Now that doesn't mean it's not true. I just, I, I, I can't run with anything and no one of, I try to say this in the nicest way I can. No one who would have something at stake by reporting it has been willing to report it. These have still been, and I'm not trying to be dismissive of anybody because some of these are people that I like that were saying these things. But it does matter. There is a difference between someone who it's not your job, it's not your reputation 
that's at stake if you have something wrong reporting something versus someone who kind of has nothing to lose to report something. So I, I don't, I don't want to sound like a, oh, it's just some guy on the Internet. Yeah, I mean, maybe these people are right, but I don't know that. So I'm sitting there like, okay, if it's not going to be Henry and we are to understand that, you know, the Saquon Barkley thing, the Giants apparently not interested in moving him, why aren't we talking more about Josh Jacobs? And I'm watching and I'm like, boy, he seems like he's in hell. Now, it just so happens to be that I... And Max Charles be in hell as well. Devontae Adams, I guess. We should trade for all three of them. Yeah, I don't think they're going to move. I definitely don't think they're going to move Crosby. Adams would be interesting only in that, like, he's the type of person that could force, like, I could see him trying to force his way out. But it'd be hard to do today, but, like, man, Derek Carr just had a nice game in New Orleans. Like, I could totally see Devontae Adams walking in and saying, move me to move me to New Orleans now. He just loves Derek Carr. It's the weirdest thing, right? Like, no one loves a mid-quarterback. Like, <laughs> Devontae Adams loves Derek Carr. So, I'm watching, and I'm like, you know what's weird? I know someone who's very close with Josh Jacobs. Like a direct, direct as uh, about as direct as it could be type of source. And I said, that's interesting. I wonder if this person knows anything about the possibility of Josh Jacobs getting traded. So I reach out during the game and I just say, hey man, you know, like, can we talk about Josh? And what I get back is, at first, not encouraging. The first thing I get back is, yeah, I don't think he believes that he's going to be traded. I, I, he doesn't, he doesn't expect that he's going to be dealt. And I say, okay, you know, like I get it. But then I get a follow up that says, but if you want to, you can tell everyone, Josh would love to play with Lamar and the Ravens. Wow. Now, somebody would say, somebody would say, and I had a few people last night after I shared this information, I had a few people that said, well, of course he would. The Raiders stink, or, you know, who wouldn't want to play with Lamar? And and there's there's layers to that that are, of course, true, right? It's easy to sort of deduce that, and somebody that that isn't connected could just make it up. Like, I bet Josh Jacobs would love to play for the Raiders. Well, I'm not betting that. I'm telling you that. That's not a, I w- I'm deducing that Josh Jacobs would be interested in playing for the Ravens. I'm telling you directly, Josh Jacobs would like to end up being a Baltimore Raven today. Now, the next follow-up might be, well, you know, but, but honestly, who wouldn't? Right. But if you knew who my source was, you would understand that not every player... In fact, very few players that are currently on a team would allow a direct connection to tell publicly, I would like to play for a different team. And the reasons why are understandable. It picked up a little bit of traction last night, but it didn't pick up, you know, crazy traction. But if, say, Mike Florio were to grab it today and put it up at Pro Football Talk, then Josh Jacobs doesn't get traded, then he's going to have to walk into a locker room and a bunch of guys that are going to say, dude, weren't you trying to get out of here this week? The reporters in Las Vegas are going to grill him this week. Dude, were you trying to get away from here? Do you not want to be here? It is noteworthy 
to be attached to a desire when you're on a team to be on another team. Even if we can all kind of understand why. Again, it'd be easy for you to say, like, well, yeah, but but look, man, if you were in Vegas, you'd want out too, and it's Lamar Jackson. But it's not just that. As a couple of internet sleuths reminded me after I shared this information, there are a number of pictures on the internet of Josh Jacobs being at Orioles games in recent years. Posing with Cal Ripken's number eight, right? Because he wears number eight. Josh Jacobs has a few different connections in Baltimore. Friendships, relationships in Baltimore. It is very specific and unique. Josh Jacobs wants to be in Baltimore. That's not, again, me guessing. That's not me speculating. That's not me any of those things. I'm telling you as directly as I possibly can that Josh Jacobs wants to be specifically a Baltimore Raven. Now, what does that mean? Don't know. Remember, the conversation started with the same source telling me they don't think Josh is going to be traded. To be fair, because this is how this works, I decided I should run that up the flagpole of another league source of mine who said, kind of the same thing but in a little bit with a little bit more caveat to it said don't think they're going to trade him make sure i get this right i don't i met me a reporter i i'm not i want to make that abundantly clear but when i'm doing something that smells like reporting i better do it right um the other league source i reached out to don't think they're going to trade him that said imagine if they get their brains beat in tonight it's going to get awkward could see somehow that starting to change. Know the Ravens want a running back. Hmm. So, what does that mean? Well, they didn't get their brains beat in last night, but it was a woeful offensive performance, and no one seemed to be very happy. Everybody seemed to be miserable. Now, miserable is sort of a way that you could describe the functionality of the Las Vegas Raiders, so I don't know that yesterday really changed anything. It's awkward because they're not one and seven. They're three and five. And you don't typically kneecap your coach when you're only two games under 500. But as I talked about last night, who's doing the kneecapping? The team or the coach? Like, J- Josh McDaniels looks utterly lost. I mean, in the neighborhood of incompetent. I, I, The Raiders, I think it's believed, are going to choose to use the tag on Josh Jacobs again next season, which is odd because it would kind of force the hand a little bit. Like, is Josh Jacobs going to sit out? Is he going to you know, come back to the table and do a deal? I think that's the common belief. But should the Raiders be more inclined to try to acquire – like this is the part, and I again, I ended up poking around with a couple of league sources, and I ended up getting into a conversation with another NFL reporter about this last night. It was an interesting night, um, but I got into a conversation with another NFL reporter about this last night, and I'm befuddled as to why a team that has no quarterback would prioritize running back instead of attempting to recoup 
more assets that they could use to try to go get their quarterback. Like, I can make more sense of we want to keep Devontae Adams because next year we hope to have a quarterback. That can make some sense. Now, Devontae Adams, might it might be so poisonous that he forces his way out and it doesn't matter. But I could understand a team saying, look, we really hope we have a quarterback next year, and so we would like to prioritize the most important positions on the field, and we don't want to just give up on Devontae Adams. We don't want to just give up on you know Max Crosby. But running back? Again, this is the league where you just go find another running back on a tree. Why would that be the position that you're prioritizing when you don't have a quarterback instead of attempting to acquire more assets that can help you in trying to make sure you land your quarterback? If the Bears prove to be committed to Justin Fields, for example, and I get it, most people assume that if they get the number one or number two pick that they probably won't be that committed to Justin Fields, but let's just for S's and giggles say they are. And the Raiders, instead of having the number one pick, have like the number five pick, then couldn't they use a little ammunition to try to move up and make sure they're the team that can come away with Caleb Williams? If we assume that Caleb Williams is still going to be the number one overall pick. I don't I don't know that I get it. Again, getting the Las Vegas Ra- Raiders, that's that's tough, right? Like that's a tough trying to figure out what all is going on there. I mean, look at the guy in charge. Although he runs a women's basketball team just fine. I I don't I don't know. It's hard to make sense of. If Josh Jacobs is on the market, I don't know why the Ravens wouldn't be interested. The skill set is Kind of a perfect fit if you're in the market for a running back, and we are to understand I've had sources tell me that they are. So at what cost? That's a tougher conversation. It's easy for us to say, hey, if you don't sign him, then you get a compensatory pick, but it's a little bit more complicated when it comes to running backs because running backs aren't really coming away with big dollar contracts right now, so those compensatory picks don't, don't tend to be as valuable. I, I don't. I'm. I'm still speculating, and somebody would still probably point out, like, "Hey, have you seen his uh, yards per carry this season? Are you sure?" I'm willing to look at this and say, I mean, like, you saw the guy last night. Like when he had the opportunities, he looked good. I think he's in hell. I mean, he's a year removed from a two thousand yard total offense season. This year, he's been in hell. I am inclined to believe that Josh Jacobs is still ever so capable of being the explosive playmaker that he proved himself to be a year ago if he was just in a functional offense. Now, maybe somebody in Las Vegas would tell me there's a bigger problem there. I don't know. But, I mean, in moments last night, and I don't watch a lot of the Raiders, but in the moments where like, they were able to actually get the ball to Josh Jacobs, he looked to me kind of like Josh Jacobs. I am, it's enticing. It's very enticing. Whether the Ravens will ultimately prove to make a move or not, I don't have that answer. I really don't know. 
I, I can't tell you whether they will ultimately make a move either at running back with Josh Jacobs, whatever it is. But boy, does it seem like a logical fit to me. It just feels, and I'm telling you, I'm not guessing, I'm not speculating, I'm telling you directly, Josh Jacobs would like to be a Baltimore Raven by the end of the day today. That is not, that is from a source who I tell, if you knew, could not be closer. Josh Jacobs would like to be a Baltimore Raven. Understandably. But not speculating, telling. Let's talk a little bit more about the Ravens, maybe a little bit more about today's deadline. It's been uh, too long since we've had the opportunity to catch up with uh, our next guest, who, of course, is a star on NBC. Former NFL quarterback and our friend Mr. Chris Sims is back with us now here on GCR. Chris, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking the time for us again today. No problem, Glenn. Good good to talk to you, too. I mean, you know, I've always enjoyed talking to you. I know I'm busy, and sometimes I uh, don't get around to getting back to you as quickly as I'd like to, but... Uh, you know, good to be here today, and let's let's talk. So, well, it's interesting what you said about Josh Jacobs. Yeah, brother, uh, it is. I, I want you to know two things. One, I know and I understand, and I appreciate you taking the time. I just hope you understand that. I know exactly how busy you are, and it means the world that you take the time anytime. So let let's just to flush it out because I don't want to. I'm sort of creating something. I'm not reporting that the Ravens are trying to make a move for Josh Jacobs. I just happen to know that he wants to be a Baltimore Raven, and I again, you can get it, you can understand why. I also know he's got connections here beyond just it being Lamar Jackson and the Ravens and him being in a miserable situation. The flip side of it to me is, if he were to be on the market, if the Ravens really are in the market for a running back, skill set-wise, it seems like an extraordinarily logical fit, right? Like this, if you're going to try to improve upon what you have, the three-down nature of what Josh Jacobs can bring to the table this feels like I, I know we are all here in Baltimore enticed by the idea of Saquon Barkley, but like this feels like it would make about all the sense in the world to try to create an offense that becomes nearly impossible to defend. Yeah, exactly. I mean, first off, I, I like the direction the offense is going. I love the Ravens football team in general. I think I said today with Mike Florio on our PFT Pro Football Talk show that they, they as in the Raiders, they need, they're kind of in no man's land. They need to do some drastic things to kind of flip their team around anyways. You know, so I, I, I would think they're going to listen to offers on Josh Jacobs today. He obviously is an upgrade to anybody you have. I like your running back room. I right. mean, I'm a fan of Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. Keaton Mitchell, the kid from East Carolina, I know he's got some juice too to add to the, the weaponry there. But yeah, none of them are Josh Jacobs. And the good thing with Josh Jacobs, who you know, didn't go training camp and, and anything there. He's just kind of getting into shape now. He was out of shape when he first got with the Raiders. So he'd be able to hit the ground running there in Baltimore. Uh, be interesting to see if that happens. Either way, I think the Ravens football team, barring any injury, is really set up to make a big-time run here as the season goes on. Let me come back to that in a second, Chris, because I'll stay just on the deadline. If it's not running back, is there something else? Because I can't – it's so bizarre to me – that I keep feeling this way about a team that has 31 sacks on the season, but I keep thinking to myself, if one of these edge like when I saw you know Florio saying, "Hey, the the, the biggest offer so far for Montez Sweat is a third round pick," I'm like, "Yes, yes, please, like do yeah, that, do that." Like I I know it's crazy, but it feels like they could still use maybe one guy. It, they don't have to scheme pressure out of that could just go That's right. win. Do you feel like that could still be an area where the Ravens could improve? 
it's definitely an area you can improve. I mean, like you said, you know, to just have four and go, wait, our four can get there, right, without having me to trick it up, Mike McDonald, or find creative blitzes that way. Certainly one of the few areas I look at on the football team where I go, yeah, they can maybe use an upgrade there, but I don't think it's desperate because of like what you said. I think Mike McDonald is, you know, arguably the best defensive coordinator in football. Mm. I think he's phenomenal. I think, you know, you got, you guys got just about everything other than the top tier pass rusher. But like you said, they find ways to still get pressure. You know, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, Daniil Hunter. I think those are all three guys that are out there that everybody looks at to go, Ooh, you know, maybe there could be a deal to be made. The other thing that goes into that is, you know, all three of them are looking to be paid way more handsomely, you know, so that's the other thing you have to figure out. Wait, how much do we want to give up, right? Are we going to keep this guy long-term? And if we keep him long-term, okay, how does our, you know, how is our checkbook balanced right now? Because they're going to want top tier of the market type of money. And I think those are all things that, you know, come into play with these type of decisions. Chris Sims is with us this morning here on GCR. Chris, what you said, though, and, and it's the, I've tried to figure out the right way to word it because we always, you know, around baseball, we, we, baseball mattered in Baltimore again this year, Chris, and so we were excited oh, about it. Oh, I know. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was a great time for us, and we were excited about it, and we get to the trade deadline, and we're like, oh, you have to. You have to go make a move. You have to fortify your chances. The football trade deadline has always been so different, even if it's been far more real in recent years. But what you just said, I think, is important. That I, I don't think the Ravens have to make a move. They don't have to be reckless, because I do think that at the core, they have shown that they are going to be capable. Look, it's going to be murderers row in the AFC when we get to the. I mean, it's nuts. That's right. It's that's right. Crazy how low to the AFC is, but they are very much in the thick of, and they have proved that they are worthy of being one of the teams that can find a way to make a run in the AFC playoffs, even if they don't make a move today. I, I agree. I, I, you're right. They're not a team that it's, it's a necessity. Anything they do is kind of icing on the cake, right? And, and I'll be interested to see if they make some aggressive move. But, no, when I look at the Ravens and I just go, man, if they, to me it's all about health. If they could just stay healthy, watch the hell out for the Ravens. I, there's, this is the big thing that I always – one, I don't look at an area of the team like we talked about that's – has a weakness so I look at every team the Ravens will have to play or whatever and I go well nobody's going to be like you know a mismatch or you're going to go "Ooh, I worry about this team because they don't match up in that area I I really don't have that you know if Odell stays healthy and Rashad Bateman can stay healthy and the O-line can stay healthy on that side I think it's going to continue to be a very dangerous offense and that goes to the defense as well I mean hey Michael Pierce has kind of find a second win to his career Jason Matabuke in the middle has become a real factor and a disruptor there. You know those two middle linebackers are crazy, and they're awesome football players. And then the corners and the secondary, the safeties are phenomenal. And it's, it's, it's creativity and the illusions of blitzes and the illusions of, oh, we're going to play this coverage and it's something else. That's where I say, like, the Ravens defense is my favorite defense to watch on film. I'm not saying it's absolutely the most talented but when you put together size, speed, and scheme with the coaching, I go, man, that's about as good as it gets. And I don't think you know they're, they're going to get problems to whatever offense they play in football. Chris, do you feel like that there has been another level to Lamar Jackson this season? I, it's hard for me to define because, remember, he was unanimous MVP just a couple years ago. But 
I, I, it just almost feels like he's doing things that are even more in command. I've I've compared him to like an orchestra conductor a couple times this season, and it hasn't been perfect. And I know that there have been some fumbles and th- th- some things that got to be cleaned up, but I don't know. It just feels like there's almost another layer to what we've seen from Lamar this year. I, I would agree with that as well. I mean, I haven't really come away with a game yet. You know, maybe early in the year, the first two games where they were still kind of figuring things out. You guys didn't play in the preseason, right? So I think there was a little rust there. You played a Texans and a Bengals team that's got, like, good defenses, so it's not necessarily the easiest way to start out. But I I watch the Ravens on film almost every week, and I very rarely this year have come away with going, oh, man, he didn't throw the ball well, or, oh, man, there was people open and he just didn't see the field well, or, oh, man, why does he leave the pocket here? There's, there's good protection and there's people going to be open. I think he's playing at an extremely high level, and I think it's only going to increase. And it's been going on for a while. I mean, you, know, you sit here, you go, damn, the, the Ravens probably should be 8-0, at the very least 7-1. and They blew the game in Pittsburgh where he dropped dimes everywhere. But I uh, would agree with you. I just think the consistency of the decisions, the throwing, and then he never gets enough credit for how awesome he is in the pocket. He's great at sliding and finding little spaces, changing his arm angle to throw through a guard and a tackle lane, all of that. So uh, totally with you with you there uh, on Lamar, Glenn. Have you gotten a sense for, and as much as you've watched, what the impact of Todd Munkin has been with Lamar in this offense? Like, Have you gotten a feel for how, how truly it's changed and what it's done to make the Ravens more dangerous? Yes, yes, I have. At first, I was like a little bit like, man, are they going to just be too pass-happy and try to prove Lamar's contract and the weapons, and Todd Monken's going to show like, hey, I'm here and I can light up the NFL once again. You know, I think the, the big thing is they did get back to the run game, which they should. It's a creative run game. They should never let some of those staples out of their organization or their playbook. But I think the thing I see is I do see more complex, whatever you want to say, intriguing pass concepts down the field. And as much as I listen, I liked Greg Roman. His running game system was awesome. The pass game was a little basic. What I always bothered me is I felt like they didn't do a great job of marrying the run game and the pass game together. Mm. You know, that's where to me, Shanahan and Mike McDaniel are so phenomenal is they make so many passes look like they're runs and they really put defenses in a bind that way. That's another area I've seen Baltimore really improve. Like in the Detroit game was the perfect example. A ton of great play action passes or passes off of their great run plays that really screwed over the Lions. And I think that's where I see it. I see just more answers in the past game and a little bit better of tying plays together. Were you good with um, you know, Odell Beckham's like heat anger? Was that still the good side of competitive fire to you that a guy so badly wants to be involved in catching touchdowns that even when he's drawing pass interferences, he's mad about it. Yes, you know, I, I've I've had the opportunity, him being a giant, right? You know, and to start his career, to be around Odell Beckham Jr. Um, I've been around so many of his teammates. Know a lot of people out there with the Rams, the Browns when he was there. Odell Beckham Jr. is the ultimate competitor. He loves football. And I think this is where people can always, you know, 
maybe soothe their minds a little bit on their thoughts about Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, there is not a locker room I have ever been in that Odell Beckham Jr. is not like, if not the favorite guy in the locker room, he's top three. He is a great leader. He shows people how to work. He brings energy to the, t- the, the facility every day. That's where he's special. Yeah, he butted heads with Baker Mayfield because, yeah, Baker wasn't throwing the damn ball to him. Right. And, you know, I think Eli, he goes out and speaks publicly that he wants the ball more. And, of course, Eli and that issue a little bit. But other than that, he has been loved by everybody, and uh, I wouldn't worry about him in Baltimore. I feel like most coaches too are like, "I'm good with competitive fire." Like as long, when it's when it's just, "I want to be great," and I want to like you know, that's what you want out of the you you you're asking for more of those guys, right? Like that's the exactly you know, those that are dog the guys that, that right. They bring juice to the locker room every day. They bring juice to the oh man, it's a Thursday practice in week eleven, and we're a little tired. And damn. Right, and now it's oh Odell's out there competing, going crazy, laughing, showing people how he makes one hand catches. It brings up the whole team, uh, and that's why he has been loved by a lot of his coaches and, and that aspect. He's a great leader. He's been a little bit, I think, misperceived, you know. And and people used to lump him in with an Antonio Brown. I'd be like, Are you kidding me? Right. One guy's got a rap sheet that goes on for twenty five oh. pages. The right. other guy is like never did anything other than do a, an interview with Little Wayne where he talked about the quarterback. So uh, I think there's a big difference there. All right, just another minute or two here with Chris Sims. Chris, we know, you know how you've, you've always been a Lamar Jackson uh, a fan and supporter, but I, I also know how highly you think of Joe Burrow. Um, how, yeah. how worried should we be right now about a team <laughs> that looked like maybe they were going to be in some trouble, all of a sudden looking like the same threat that everybody knew they should have been coming into the season and probably very much back into the picture to try to win the AFC. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think they're scary. We know that. I mean, him being healthy, finally being able to move, and I think practice on a consistent basis. I think their defense, I think a lot of Lou Anarumo, just like I do Mike McDonald, I think he's one of the best E coordinators in the game. I'd be shocked if they weren't one of the teams there standing, you know, towards the end. Uh, so, you know, worried. Yeah, of course, division rivals are always tough. You guys match up well with them there in Baltimore, though. But, yeah, they found their group. Burrow is the best zone in the pocket passing quarterback in football. The 49ers love to play zone, and he basically made them throw in the white towel and said, we got to play man-to-man. He's just going to pick us apart all day. And then he makes a few plays moving around, and you know they're finding their groove as an offense. I, I would be shocked, like I said, if they weren't. I look at the AFC and go, we know Kansas City. We know Miami's diff- uh, really good. But where I'm a little different is I go, you know, I go Baltimore, right? Jacksonville and Cincinnati to me are the teams to watch in the AFC. They are the teams that I look at that go a little bit like I said with the Ravens, have everything. I don't think there's a team in football that could mismatch them, and that's where I think they're built for playoff football. Well, you are the busiest man in show business, Chris Sims, so let me make sure I get plugs in for you where everybody can (laughs) see you throughout the course of the week. Yeah, all right. So I got Chris Sims on button podcast on, on that. I tape late on Sunday nights. Uh, that is out early Monday morning. I do another one, what we call the, what the F happened podcast on Wednesdays, where I really di- deep dive into film and tell you what went on 
picks on Thursday. I do pro football talk with Florio four days a week from 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern on Peacock. And then, of course, football night in America before Sunday night football pregame show every Sunday. So that's where you can find me. I appreciate it, big guy. It's it's good work if you can get it, man. It is uh, – I, I it sure as hell beats digging ditches for a living. Uh, that, no that's thing. right. I, I, I'm a, I love football, uh, and I got a big mouth. Uh, it fits well together, so it's it's the perfect combination. At C Sims QB on Twitter is how you can follow him, Chris. I mean it, I really do. I know how busy you are, and so I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, you've always been good to us over the years. Thank you for hopping on. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks, buddy. Be good. Good luck to you guys. I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, man. Chris Sims Bye-bye. with us here on GCR. Um, couple things in there, right? Like, I, I I'm inclined to agree to say I don't think the Ravens need to make a move at the deadline as much as, boy, it feels like they could just fortify themselves that much more. I don't think that the difference in whether the Ravens can win the Super Bowl is whether they add a running back or an edge rusher today. Might it be that the difference in whether the Ravens will win the Super Bowl is that Perhaps. Who would, who, we can't possibly know. But it would be unfair to say they could only win the Super Bowl if they were to add Josh Jacobs or if they were to add Montez Sweat. That would be unfair. As far as separating, it's really funny to me to, to listen to a few folks in the last 24 hours, and I'll, I'll have power rankings up today at PressBoxOnline.com, who genuinely have have said, I think now the Chiefs are a notch below these other teams. Like It's so bad at wide receiver that I think they have taken a step back beneath other AFC contenders. Now, they'll get the opportunity this week to go kind of prove themselves again when they face the Dolphins in Germany. But that's... That's interesting to me because I'm, I am loath to write off Patrick Mahomes. Now, they, I, I see the same thing at wide. It's an abomination. And we say this as, as folks who have watched the Baltimore Ravens for the better part of three decades. Their wide receiver group is an abomination. They were hoping that Miko Hardman could help solve it in his return. Like, it's bad, bad. They at least have Travis Kelsey. Yeah, they do have that. But Rasheed that Rice is We thought was kind of becoming something, yeah. but it's certainly not. Yeah, he's it's not, not there. It's not Tariq Hill. It's not. It, it, that, that's an. It's yeah. not even. Like, Rasheed Rice so far is a guy that. We, it's sort of what we thought Sky Moore. It's sort of. Could. Do we think there's reason to believe he could be better than that? Yes. But it's not there. Rasheed Rice is still largely just a, we think it should be better than what it is. But it's not. Again, they didn't have a wide receiver last year and they won the Super Bowl. So I'm not writing off the Chiefs. I'm not going to do it. But it's interesting when you look at how loaded the AFC is that there is starting to be a consensus from more analytical types that they are just not as good of a team as some of the other AFC contenders, the Ravens, the Dolphins, the Bengals. Chris brings up the Jaguars. I'm not sure if I'm ready to go there yet, but I get it. 
They've won five in a row. Yeah, it's just weird that Calvin Ridley's been like such a non-factor. I He's don't back a little bit. Uh, yeah. Yeah, not uh, yesterday. Sunday. Yeah. And Etienne's been really good, obviously. Etienne's been excellent. All right. Um, today's show is also brought to you by the Stan the Fan Variety Hour. Uh, Stan and Ross actually pushed back to today so they could be joined by Rick Dempsey. Mm. So there was no show yesterday. Instead, Stan and Ross will get together with Rick Dempsey today at 430 Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. If you miss it live, you can find it at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. Stan Ross and Rick Dempsey talking baseball. What more could you ask for? Check that out today. When we come back in, let's talk about what's been going on in the world of high school sports of late. It's our new weekly segment, County Sports Zone Radio. We'll do it next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org slash hotels. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, November 7th at Guilford Home Brewery in Station North. It's brought to you by A.J. Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. 
Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your waiver wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? Yeah, we'll do that in about 20 minutes we will preview waiver wire wednesday with our friend joe serpico it is a tuesday edition of gcr nfl trade line day edition of the program but we have a new segment that we're doing on tuesdays as well as we try to be local uh laser driven in our local focus and so our friends and our partners at county sports zone have worked with us to bring us county sports zone radio we welcome back into the program today our friend mr wes brown Wes, it's good to t- chat with you again, man. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, dude. Hey, before we get into, because I know there's a lot of stuff that you want to cover with us, um, I-, I don't know how like zeroed in you were on City Poly this weekend. It's it's a huge deal here in Baltimore. But there are two like eye-catching numbers that just they come off the page. For those that don't know, so City crushed Poly this weekend. City quarterback Nick Cyrus threw four. 667 yards and six touchdowns in the game. Bat-ass numbers, just bonkers. And then for Maryland fans, I don't know that this is, uh, of course, relevant, Wes, because you also cover Maryland. Um, City has a wide receiver that's committed to Maryland named Jamari Powell-Wanson. Six catches for 186 yards and three touchdowns in the rivalry game. So maybe they could use them this week. Maybe, Wes, they yeah. could use them right now because uh, not going so great in College Park, of course. <sighs> yeah, for sure. He, 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 uh, Powell Wants is definitely going to be a, a really good talent here. At the next level. No question about it. Uh, all right, I know that wasn't the only big game on the docket this weekend. A huge one between Spalding and Blakefield that uh, seemed like maybe it was a little bit tighter than I expected. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Spalding and, and Blakefield, two of the the top teams in the in the A conference, went went head to head. You know, two two teams that have, that have kind of you know had success through their offenses. Um, saw it kind of be a, a defensive battle for the the first half, uh, just seven seven at halftime. Um, and then you know Spalding kind of came alive. We talked a little bit last week about you know Malik Washington and his playmaking ability, yeah. and all the weapons they have on offense, being able to eventually kind of get out a little bit. Um, but Loyola came back, tied it right before um, the, the final whistle, but then uh, missed a field goal in overtime, and then Spalding went down and scored a touchdown. So um, two two of the top teams in the in the A conference, I wouldn't be surprised to see them again in the, the playoffs. That's what I was going to is, is So I don't know where the standings are. I know Spalding's still unbeaten, but is the assumption that that is likely a rematch for the A conference title game? Yeah, for sure. Um, they'll they'll have a a couple rounds there, um, but assuming they, they they get through everybody else, it, I I would I would say that's probably the the favorite championship game. All right, and then I know that uh, this was as we talked about last week, the final week of the regular season at the public school level. What stood out to you at the public school level in the final week of the year? Yeah, so so Owings Mill uh, defeated Hereford twenty to fifteen, uh, finishing eight and zero undefeated. Um, top team in Baltimore County, they were able to, to get the number one seed in the, the 2A North region, uh, region tournament starting up uh, this weekend and, and going a couple couple weeks here. Um, so if uh, if uh, Hereford can get past North Hartford here in the, the first round, 
um, it, it, it would set up a, a rematch between these two teams in, in what was a tight, you know, 20 to 15 contest. Ooh, a nice Baltimore County uh, matchup, perhaps, in the second round of the playoffs. So the, so the you know, I, the playoffs get underway this weekend, correct? And brackets are up? Yep. Uh, so football and volleyball went up yesterday uh, with, with those games starting uh, Thursday, going football going through Saturday. Um, field hockey and soccer are both uh, having their region final tonight. Um, so we'll have the, uh, the the state championship brackets once they reseed um, after the, the the games tonight with those winners. And those are all available right now at County Sports Zone. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. He is Wes Brown, County Sports Zone Radio here on GCR. Um, so you mentioned uh, field hockey and soccer. Let's just kind of go over like who's maybe give me a team to watch when it comes to field hockey or soccer. Yeah, one 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 school to definitely watch would be uh, Broadneck. Um, coming off two state titles in the spring, they've got girls soccer, boys soccer, and field hockey all in region final games uh, here here tonight. Um, definitely, you know, a, a ton of great athletes down at that school, and um, you know, some some that you'll you'll probably see in basketball, you'll probably see in lacrosse again in the spring. But um, yeah, they, they 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 definitely had a really strong spring, and they're they're looking to carry that into the, the ball here. How is everybody in Anne Arundel County ending up at Broadneck? What is going on? Yeah, there? man, that is that yeah. is wild. Um, okay, and then I wanted to start doing this with you. Uh, I want to every week maybe profile a different athlete, and I know that I was, um, you know, going on about Nick Cyrus, but um, give me someone. I want to, if we could do this moving forward each week, an athlete of the week that maybe people don't know about, but they should. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this week uh, Gideon Atuka out at, at Gaithersburg. Um, I actually covered him a, a couple weeks ago. He ran for over 300 yards in the game and, and a bunch of touchdowns to, to carry out a win. Um, but then last week, uh, beat it, beat it again, uh, 382 yards on 31 carries for five touchdowns, uh, Wisconsin football commit from the, the summer. Um, he's, he's had, he's had a couple other schools poke around, but he's, he's firm with Wisconsin there. Uh, it was, so it was second 300 plus yard game in, in three games there to, to finish the regular season. Um, and, and capped off the school rushing record with over 2,000 yards now on the season. Jeez, 382 yards and over 2,000 yeah. on the year. Gideon Atuka from Gaithersburg. Yeah, that, those are impressive. That'll play, I imagine, yeah. just fine moving forward. Holy smokes. Uh, I, that, those sound like Jake Funk numbers from back in the day when uh, he was rolling at Damascus. Um, yeah. a- anything else this week, Wes, that's that's on your radar that should be on our radar as far as high school sports in the state? Um, not too much in particular. It's just this this first round of, of football matchups. It'll it'll kind of be similar to you know the the last week of the regular season kind of deal. Um, some of the the top teams are off. You know the Quince Orchards, the Wise, um, those kind of schools. But um, a school like Flowers that that lost to Wise is going to have to play a first round matchup, play an extra game because of the the standings there. Um, so I'm interested to, to see how that picks out, but um, it, it should be kind of a, a regular ish weekend of football, and we'll kind of see which teams can get out of the first weekend and then uh, try and keep moving forward. All right, I don't I don't want to put you on the spot, but we had a listener, John, wanted to know what uh, you thought of uh, his Dundalk Owls chances in the playoffs. Dundalk's a really good team. They, they got a ton of really good talent. Um, they, they've managed to, to bring in a, a lot of a lot of guys and, and produce some some D1 talent as well. I'm really curious if they're they're, they're junior running back there. Um, I, I saw he's he's heading to Maryland this weekend to visit for the the Penn State game. Um, should be you know 
a, a team to to watch for sure. Definitely a, a mid mid range seed there, not a not a top seed, but a team with some weapons that can definitely do some damage. Interesting. I did not know about that. I am gonna have to start. To, uh, this is why I need to be going to County Sports Zone apparently and finding out more. So Wes, uh, let's let's tell everybody if people don't know about what County Sports Zone is and what you guys are doing, remind them of what all they can find. Yeah, so County Sports Zone is the home for uh, high school scores, schedules, um, and pretty much everything at the, the high school level, especially here in the state of Maryland. Um, also covering the MIA, WCAC, but the bulk of it is the, the public schools. Um, so currently right now, we have all the MPSSA brackets up on the, the website. Um, it'll be the, the place where you can find scores the, the fastest the night of the game. Excellent. And then you guys are on, where can everybody find you and County Sports Zone on social? Yeah, everything on social is CSD Scores, um, Twitter, Instagram, uh, County Sports Zone on Facebook. Excellent. And, of course, you're at W underscore Brown 21, right? Yep, that's give, me. Give Wes a follow right there. Wes, uh, appreciate I, I will tell you there was nothing to be said about the St. Francis Specially Fit Academy game. I can promise you <laughs> we didn't need to spend a single second on that. Uh, as it finished 48-0 with uh, them letting Michael Van Buren have an opportunity to try to kick an extra point at the end of the game uh, and and bless them for making sure that they squared away having a running clock. That, that has been a difficult thing for me because everybody uh, in organized uh, level, levels of football has a uh, mercy rule in the second half. But the first St. Francis game I, I did this year, because they're independent, they had no rule in place. Yeah. And we had to suffer through every second. Bless them for getting that squared away in time for the last one. Yeah. Uh, Wes, appreciate you, man. Thank you for taking the time for us, and we will talk again next Tuesday, all right? All right. Sounds good. See you guys. That's Wes Brown, uh, County Sports Zone Radio here on GCR. Trying to dive into Dundalk a little bit more. They're a bit more fascinating than I realized they were. I saw them. I called them in a uh, state title game a few years ago, but <sighs> did not know. Did not know. Yeah, what a day for Nick Cyrus, man. Jesus, that was a that was a pounding. That city just absolutely uh, blasting, blasting Polly this past week 667 yards and six touchdowns 27 to 39 for 667 like yards they only scored they only scored 44 points when yeah you hear, when you hear that it, many yards uh it is a new mpssaa single game record for passing yards wow as uh, nick cyrus put up very impressive numbers in that win all right, uh, very good. Winding down for hour number one of today's show. It is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, I had a couple people ask me again about Zach Moss. We kind of talked about Zach Moss yesterday. I'm not... I'm not saying no. It's not as exciting, obviously. It's not as sexy as the idea of a Josh Jacobs. If what you're specifically worried about is... The easiest thing to say is, that's not really an upgrade all that much, so why make the move? And the response back that somebody would say is, because you're worried about Gus Edwards' ability to stay healthy for the rest of the season, given everything that he's been through, and so depth at running back is just as important as anything else and i'll listen i guess my thought would be then why weren't you in the market for leonard for ned you know like and don't, don't you have depth 
You've been leaving Melvin Gordon just dangling in the wind. I guess nobody else has been interested in signing him. Somebody picked up DeAndre Houston Carson today after he played on Sunday for the Ravens uh, because he was a practice squad elevation. Mm -hmm. I don't remember who it was, but somebody signed him to their active roster today. I I don't know if teams have been interested in signing Melvin Gordon to their active roster. Melvin Gordon just said, no. Remember, we talked to him at the beginning of the year. He was like, I kind of uniquely wanted to be here. Um, And he's just sort of said, I'm good. Texans picked up DeAndre Texans added DeAndre Houston Carson. What a stinky, stinky loss. That Like, I wanted, I was so ready to buy into the Texans, too. Like, I was ready to be on board. What a brutal, I'm not going to pretend like I watched any of that game or have any idea what happened, but, like, God, that is atrocious for a team that you were starting to to feel was, like, moving. Started all my Texans this week, coming off a bye, Tank Dell, Stroud. Definitely started Stroud. I got to start him again this week as Lawrence is on a bye. I was like, I was like, I'm not going to start Lawrence against the Steelers. Why would I do that? The Steelers have a great defense. <laughs> Womp. Womp. By the way, ESPN's doing a weird bit. We're going to do a uh, waiver wire Wednesday in a second. ESPN's doing a weird bit where I woke up this morning and they had already moved my roster for next week. The ESPN fantasy app did. The did ESPN this. fantasy app had already put because Christian McCaffrey's on a bye this week had already taken Christian McCaffrey out of my roster. They did not do that for me. Switched Josh Jacobs from flex to running back (laughs) and then put George Pickens in my flex spot. I didn't ask the ESPN app to do any of those things. I I wanted it did that. What if I wanted to start Gabe Davis this week? I mean, he has a quarterback. Unlike... Mitch Trubisky. Unlike... Yeah, well, I'm going to have to start Deontay Johnson this week. I'm... My one league, I'm, I'm starting horrible. To... I'm dreadful at wide receiver in one league, and then in another league where I'm one in seven, I, I have all the depth in the world at wide receiver, but I'm still one in seven. That's, I wish I could trade. That's a, that's a real shame, pal. Yeah, it is. This is a real it's bummer. It's an absolute shame. Real bummer so... for you, man. Like I just need you to know, it's a pity. I can, I, you mean, I can keep talking about it then. No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. People obviously don't care about your fantasy team. My fantasy team, they're very invested in. Your fantasy team, come on now, we're not doing that. That's not going to be a thing. We haven't talked about the World Series at all. I guess we need to do that in the uh, second hour. we got a little bit of time between uh, Joe Serpico and Will Leger, so we'll talk about Game 3 of the World Series in there. But, yes, coming up, we will we will talk about our fantasy teams because we're going to set our fantasy football lineups. I really think that I might be picking up Will Levis. <laughs> like, I think that might be a thing that is occurring in the league where Matt Stafford is in line to be my starting quarterback. I believe I might be putting in a claim for Will Levis. If only because... Yeah. Who do they have? Oh, no, they're have playing the Steelers. Steelers. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Maybe I'm not putting in a claim for Will It's a Will short Levis. week. I don't, maybe that uh, in a weird way could benefit it. I don't know. There's not a lot of options, but we will discuss what might be out there as we're back to buys this week. Uh, Joe Serpico, Press Box Fantasy Football Analyst, joins us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Uh-huh. 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 Ah. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Todd Karpovich profiles the Orioles' survivors, Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, and Ryan Mancastle, who all came from the previous regime but stuck through tough times to be key pieces in guiding the franchise back to prominence. Also inside, we remember the iconic Brooks Robinson with tributes from Jim Henneman and myself, Stan the Fan Charles, and a trip down memory lane to remember the most significant moments of his career. Plus, we meet players from college basketball, basketball, pro 
programs around the state. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers, starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy, minimum of two years prior experience. And police cadet starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half. Must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire, U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on, where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasInn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas us in at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good but hey you're already here now so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to gcr all right back in here as we continue along on a tuesday edition of gcr getting ready for the uh, trade deadline this afternoon i've not seen anything floating around other than of course james harden that was the big trade deadline move that was made bold right i didn't see that coming at the nfl trade deadline you can play running back you think? <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe sometimes <laughs> I, it was it was so funny when I see that this morning. Uh, my friends that are Seventy uh, Sixers fans are overjoyed. <laughs> they they're th- just over the moon that James Harden is no longer there. It is wild to me that teams continue to be like maybe it's it's the um it's the Arrested Development meme. Is like has it worked for anybody else? No, <laughs> but it might work for us. 
Like it's wild to me that these teams keep saying to themselves, maybe James Harden could be the difference. And that's how the Clippers think they can close the gap between them and the the Nuggets I'm, and the Suns yeah. and the Warriors and the Western Conference. And the oh, Jazz and the The Jazz, yeah. yeah. <laughs> throw, keep throwing them all yeah. in. Just throw all the teams in that are in, that are in there. Yeah, I don't know, man. The Mavericks, sure. Yeah. Keep throwing them all. The Lakers, why not? Keep throwing every Western Conference team in there. Um, God bless you. <laughs> like, do, you do you. Just seems. Robert Covington ends up back with the Sixers. How about that? And that, that could prove to be the difference, too, in whether or not they can beat the Bucks. Yeah. obviously. <laughs> I don't know, man. But uh, it's certainly significant. I just don't know if it's act. It's so funny I say it that way. It's significant in name value and the number of assets involved in the trade whether it actually shifts anything i i inclined to think not so much uh project game day returns this sunday we will be with you immediately following raven seahawks myself rita femi ion bedejo breaking down every ravens game with you throughout the course of the season it's all brought to you by aj michaels HelpMyGamblingProblem.org and Superbook Sports. Ooh, and you're going to be all right over there? Might get benched by John Harbaugh in a minute if you keep fumbling like that. Griffin just dropped the phone. Just dropped it. He recovered it, but he just dropped the phone. Never seen anything quite like it. I don't believe there was a gust of wind. I believe that's a... That's a sure. That's Ravens versus Steelers drop right I, there. I had a weird grip on the phone, and then I was trying to like fix it have with to one have hand. You, you know, we're gonna have to have you walk around all week just holding a phone in order to protect that. <laughs> just gonna have to have you do that. I've been doing that with my son when he's like walking around with the football. I'm like, get it up high, get it up high. Like what? Um. Anyway, yeah. Project Game Day returns this Sunday. I hope you'll join us. Oh, and the following Sunday. Femi and I are going to be live from uh, Towson University, an Whoa. event that uh, Towson is hosting for Veterans Day, um, and an event for veterans. Uh, they wanted to bring Femi out to have the opportunity for folks to uh, meet him, hang out, watch the game, and then uh, we're going to do the show after there, live from Towson the following Sunday. So I'll get you some more details about that here in the coming days. Right now, it is Waiver Wire Wednesday, presented by Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Joining us now... Pressbox fantasy football analyst, our friend Mr. Joe Serpico, is back with us here on the program. Joe, what's going on, brother? How are you? Hey, guys. I guess I got to uh, lead this off with a little bit of a congratulations to Griffin on getting a win on me this week. Oh. Cameron oh. Dicker tried to make it close. But, wow. Uh, yeah. How about that? The better team prevailed. How about, really, though? Really? Yes. Yeah, really. All right. Um. I'm going to put this name out there, and I'm in a, I'll give you an example, right? In, I, this is actually in our league, if I remember correctly. I believe our league, yes, indeed, is the one where I have, uh, I'm waiting on Justin Fields, uh, who may, mm. may never return to me. I guess. Tyson Bajan's so good. Yeah, as Chris Collinsworth is trying to say. And I'm trying to get by with Matt Stafford, but um, Matt Stafford stinks all of a sudden, which is weird. It, is there. Is there any world in which I'm picking up Will Levis? Is that a possible thing? It's, uh, based off what we saw this past weekend, you, you, you have to take a flyer, and I don't know if I'm necessarily starting him right away because you know, it could have been a one-hit wonder kind of thing, and especially coming off the uh, short turnaround on Thursday. Uh, that's the only thing that kind of makes it you know, kind of difficult. you got to make your decision by Thursday whether or not you want to go with that. 
Uh, in your case, if you have Stafford, who knows whether or not he's going to play this weekend or not. Uh, so you do obviously need to come up with a backup plan. And based on what we saw from Levis, he looked poised. Uh, what I liked about him is he threw the ball down the field, which we haven't seen a lot from uh, Ryan Tannehill. And I think that's what kind of opened up uh, what we saw from DeAndre Hopkins as well. So is Levis the guy that I'm going crazy to go get on my team? Not necessarily. Uh, there might be some other better waiver options. But if you're in a pinch, yeah, why not give him a shot? Okay, so for example, like which which of these guys, if it's not Levis, like the best quarterbacks available, ugh. Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo, Bryce Young, Sam Howell. Are any of those guys guys that you would say confidently, let's just say you would start them over a healthy Matt Stafford? Uh, the only one who I also mentioned in my piece this week is uh, Sam Howell. I think we're starting to see him kind of turn a corner a little bit. Uh, throwing for 397 and four touchdowns against the Eagles is no uh, you know, small feat. Uh, and so that kind of helps me kind of think that Howell is somebody that's a little bit on the rise. Uh, the schedule starts to ease up a little bit for the commanders as well. Uh, so if that's the guy I would be looking for if I'm in a pinch this week. That honestly, <sighs> I'm uh, a currently a Russell Wilson and Jordan Love owner in our same league, and I will be making a claim for one of these quarterbacks for sure. Oi, oi, oi! That is uh, that is gross. Just a gross, gross feeling that I have about that. Glad I went all in on. Actually, I'm glad I'm seven and one in that league, so I could survive if this doesn't go well for me. How am I seven and one in that league? What is, what is wrong with the rest of you? What is going on there? I think my only loss was to Joe too, if I remember correctly. That is grotesque. Correct. Grotesque. All right, uh, let's talk about some other things. Waiver wire Wednesday wise, um, it, it's it's thin. The good news again, not a lot of significant injuries. Um, we saw Trey McBride against the Ravens on Sunday. Is he asserting himself? I know Dalton Kincaid backed up what we had been talking about and was very good a week ago. But is Trey McBride asserting himself as someone that perhaps could be an option in tight end starve situations? Yeah, I think of all the guys that I put in my uh, waiver wires this week, I think McBride is the one that I'm probably most coveting. Uh, we, we know that the tight end position is obviously the weakest in fantasy. Anytime you can find a guy that's garnering 14 targets, you, you just have to pay attention to that. Uh, in, I talked about it with Zach Ertz. I believe it was after week one. We, Cardinals are getting the tight tight ends involved early, often, a lot. So now he's not you know, sharing time with Earth. This is clearly McBride's show. We saw this past weekend against a team that's pretty good against uh, tight ends, and McBride still had a solid day. And the 14 targets were tied for the most in the league. Uh, we are now potential of maybe be Clayton Toon starting this weekend. Uh, we know that rookies kind of tend to pepper the uh, tight ends a little bit more. So, yeah, McBride, of, of all the guys this week, is probably my top target. You know, I'm, I'm an Evan Ingham owner, so I need a tight end this week, and that's going to be the guy I'm going after. So the guy that's not on your list this week is the guy who just signed. I, I realize the reason why he wouldn't be a waiver wire pickup, I guess, is because there's no world in which you'd be playing Leonard Fournette this week. But where are you with the idea of using a claim on him in order to stash him we do know that Leonard Fournette in his life has had a thing about being very good at the end of years. Um, is it worth it? Is that a maybe if, if he's sitting there on Thursday type of thing? What's the thought process when it comes to Fournette? 
I'm honestly, I'm not even making the claim for him on on Thursday uh, until I see him on the field. I'm not just stashing a guy on my roster just to stash the guy, especially these next couple of weeks when we have some major heavy hitters that are on a bye. I, I need those roster spaces on guys that I know are going to play these next couple of weeks. And I, you know, he's been a free agent for this long. There has to be a reason for it. Uh, he was starting to slow down. We saw that the past couple of years. Signing with the Bills right now. Yes, the Bills need running back uh, help with uh, Damian Harris banged up, and Latavius Murray is just another guy. Uh, but there's a reason why he's been out there for this long. So, no, I'm not wasting any uh, roster spot on him right now. All right, so where are you finding help at running back then? Well, the one, well, I guess we got to start in Carolina would be Chuba, uh, Chuba Hoover just because it looks like he's taking over the job over Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders only had two carries this week now. Hubbard didn't do a whole lot with those carries, but any uh, starting running back it needs to be rostered. And we talked about him last week, uh, Amari DiMercato. Uh, he, he's only one of five guys this week that had 20 carries. Now he's the only one of those five guys that didn't get into double-digit scoring. But any guy that's getting 20 uh, carries a game it, it needs to be rostered, uh, both for me or just desperation flex options. But again, you know they're starting running backs, so and they need to be rostered. And then the case of Miles Sanders, uh, he's probably a cut candidate for a lot of teams. Yeah. Go ahead, Griffin. Uh, what about Demario Douglas in New England as a wide receiver option? Well, I know now that they're, they're, they've lost Kendrick Bourne and then Juju Smith-Schuster. I, I don't even know if he's played a game yet this season. If so, he hasn't done a whole lot. Uh, kind of like I talked about a couple weeks ago, I'm a little bit reluctant to rely on any Patriots. Bourne was a... Nope. Uh, Somebody that maybe I was willing to take a risk on because we have seen some flashes from him. But Douglas, yes, he gets elevated because of the injury, but I'm not necessarily using a waiver claim on him. Uh, if you want him on your team, he's somebody I'm picking up on Thursday. So give me some ideas of where we can find some wide receiver help then. Uh, the one, well, there's two that I have in this week that I put Jahan Dotson just because he is now in under 50% of leagues, which I thought was a little bit surprising. But let's face it, there was a, a, like a three, four-week stretch where he didn't do a whole lot, so I'm sure fantasy managers got fed up and just sent him to waiver wires. And if that's the case, he's definitely somebody you want to add. He's got 18 targets the last two weeks. Uh, that's the name of the game in fantasy. And like I was kind of saying before, you know, Sam Howell can continue to progress. Uh, Dotson is going to be one of the beneficiaries of that. And we saw in spurts last year, Dotson is one hell of a player. It's just, you know, the quarterback play has got to be on par with him as well. The other guy I would mention is uh, Rashid, uh, Rashid Shahid. Uh, but he's, again, he's another one of those guys. He's a boomer boss player. We saw this past week what makes him so good. You know, he had those games where he goes off for 153 and a touchdown, but then he also has four games under six points. But he is superly under roster. I think he's only a roster in like 15, 20% of leagues. That, that's that's not fair when he's somebody that the Saints are definitely trying to get involved on a weekly basis. All right. So it doesn't sound very hopeful this week. You're not. Other than McBride, I'm not going crazy for, for a whole lot of these guys. And to be brutally honest, what I'm more looking forward to today is what happens with the trade deadline? Because right. I think, uh, you know, if we see a Derrick Henry get on the move, then, you know, you rush out to grab a Ty J. Spears. If Josh Jacobs is on the move, you want Zamir White. If Courtland Sutton or Jerry Judy uh, gets traded, you know, maybe you want to get Marvin Mims. So there are some options, you know, that we could see play out after the trade deadline today. And the good thing being, you don't necessarily have to rush 
to uh, to the waiver wire right. to beat out anybody. You can be able to put your traditional claims in. Yeah, it is nice they do uh, the the trade deadline on a Tuesday so that you don't have a scenario where it's just who noticed it first and uh, everybody racing out to go try to pick up somebody because of it. All right, Joe. So fantasy okay. managers in mind with that. That's what that was. Yeah, you think that's exactly the reason why they said it that way is they were doing a solid for everybody in the fantasy football world. Hey, um, which of these guys? I'm I'm really I'm I'm completely screwed up in one of my leagues. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give me a start sit uh, sort of thought. I have all of these wide receivers and I'm they're all on the table now. So I've been starting Nakua and more. Uh, George, I'll throw in George Pickens, Christian Watson, Gabe Davis. I have to start two of them. Which two would you be starting? The first two. Still? Yeah, I'm still going with those two. Brother, I, I don't um, know how much more Tyson Bajant I can accept in my life. Like, I don't know how much right. more of that. It, it's gross. Like, that, this thing that we were trying to make a story, it, it ain't it, Chief. Like, he is not that guy. No, but we kind of saw even with more when he was, you know, that the big plays we saw from him were kind of screen plays and things of that nature. So maybe we can see more of that bowed up and we don't need to really rely on Bajan's arm more of uh, more is after the catchability. All right. So then Pickens, Watson, Gabe Davis or Dalton Kincaid, who you starting as a flex? It's for me, it's between Pickens and Kincaid. Um I do think the return of Deontay Johnson does take away some of the targets. Actually, Deontay Johnson, I believe, had 14 targets in his first game back, which is a, a good sign if you're an owner of his. Um, I actually like what I saw from Kincaid. I know you guys asked me about him last week, and we kind of talked about it. You know, if he's the only guy there, it seems like the Bills want to get him involved. So I, it might it might have to be Kincaid there. Plus, you can't forget the quarterback change in Pittsburgh as well. Right. I'm I'm finding it hard to convince myself to take Taysom Hill out of the lineup now after starting him the past two weeks. Uh, Is that irresponsible of me, Jim? Well, what is your option? Well, I would play – I could have – because I moved him to flex now, and this is actually in our league. So, would I move – would I put uh, Tyler Boyd or Tank Dell in over Taysom Hill since I have Kincaid at my tight end slot? <laughs> I, I like what I've been seeing from Hill. Uh, <laughs> he's the reason I beat. The thing that we're seeing that's been that we haven't seen in years past is he's he was kind of like a gadget player in the sense of like he maybe saw like five, six, seven snaps a game. Now we're seeing him actually get consistent playing time, and we're seeing you know the jack of all trades that he is. You know, just past weekend, yeah, he only had one reception, but he led the team in rushing. He had the rushing touchdown, and he had the forty-four yard completion as well. Uh, those you know. Those little things add up in fantasy. So Hill is until until somehow some team can fire, figure out a way to limit all the different things it can do. I mean, yeah, we've we seen him in the past even make plays on on punt plays. So it's he's truly a special talent, and I kind of like I put in my article, he is really a cheat code at tight end just because he's able to do so much. So we don't think the Bears will figure it out this week, probably. So I should I should keep rolling with the Taysom Hill train. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. I honestly, uh, in my other league that I kind of mentioned, where I need a tight end, Taysom Hill is probably going to be my top target for this for this week. All right, he is Joe Serpico. It's at Joe Serp. That's how you follow him on Twitter. Of course, pressboxonline.com is where you see all of his stuff. Joe, appreciate you, man. Let's talk again next Tuesday. All right. You know it. Good luck again this week, guys. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Joe Serpico brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. Griffin, you can't say goodbye to Joe because you need to tell us what's going on at Live Casino and Hotel. 
the second chance to win drawing is going on right now. Maybe if you lost a, a recent bet over at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland, you can turn those losses into winning opportunities with the second chance to win promotion between now and January 4th, 2024, all live casino and Hotel Maryland Rewards members will be able to enter their losing bet slips into the second chance to win drum. And two nights a week, 20 different winners will be chosen. Prizes ranging from live casino and Hotel Maryland apparel, sports and social, ultimate happy hour prizes, plus, plus cash and free play worth up to $500. It's all over at the live casino, uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Drawings held every uh, Thursday and Monday. I've read this a million times. I gotta, we gotta, we, we'll talk about that in a minute. All right. Adirondack Mills must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, when we come back in, let's talk about Game 3 of the World Series from last night. Remember yesterday, Jeremy and I were both like, eh, we're leaning towards the Diamondbacks. Does that now change because of John Gray? We'll talk about it next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 a fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, October 17th at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports and A.J. Michaels. And if you or a loved one have a gambling problem, visit HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. The Orioles brought us a summer we'll never forget in 2023, securing their first division title in nine years. And while the playoffs ended quicker than we had hoped in Birdland, the future is brighter than ever. I'm Paul Valley, and along with Zach Goodman, we'll be with you on the bat around all offseason, warming our hands by the hot stove. From the GM meetings to the winter meetings to the start of spring training, the bat around has you covered for every trade, signing, and transaction as the Orioles look to revamp and regroup for another postseason run. You can watch the show every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon at YouTube 
youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. So tune into the Bat Around every Saturday right here at Pressbox. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria. A.J. Michaels, Heating and Air Conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers, starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy, minimum of two years prior experience. And police cadets starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half. Must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire, U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or youtube.com slash pressboxonline. All right, back in here as we continue along on a Tuesday edition of GCR. If you've not picked up the print issue of Pressbox yet, it is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. On the cover, Todd Karpovich, his story about the, the survivors, the position players from the Dan Duquette era that stuck around through the regime change in Baltimore and ended up being very key contributors to the Orioles' renaissance. Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, Ryan Mountcastle, Anthony Santander. Also inside, we're on the cusp of the start of college basketball season and great college basketball preview content as you meet players from around the state, uh, all the programs, men's and women's, and a lot of Brooks Robinson memories in this issue as well. So if you haven't picked it up yet, get to your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Read it all, pressboxonline.com. All right, um, a couple of things. We are going to continue talking baseball. I want to talk about the World Series. Don't forget that uh, before the end of the hour, we will catch up with Will Leger, Johns Hopkins tight end, responsible for one of the wildest moments in all of football this weekend that we shared with you before the show. We will share it again before we catch up with him. That is still to come today. I I do want to just really quickly, because obviously today there's a lot of... And I said something earlier in the show. I saw something that my buddy uh, uh, Jake Luke from um, Exit 52 said on Twitter. Uh, he said, quote, I don't believe it unless Schefter or Ian put it out, unquote. Jake said, believe what you want, but those guys are in the pockets of stakeholders on both sides of a transaction, and they wouldn't risk burning a source to report that a, quote, hard, or a, uh, parentheses, hardly seismic, by the way, and then other parentheses, trade didn't happen. And the subtext there is that Jake's talking about all of this stuff that was floating around yesterday about Derrick Henry. And that because none of it came from a reporter traditionally, 
it becomes more difficult to believe. And what he's saying is, well, you know, but those guys, why would they, what, what do they stand to benefit from reporting that a trade didn't happen? If it looks bad for the Ravens that they weren't able to pull off a Derrick Henry trade, why would they share that information? They want to make sure that the Ravens continue to give them information. And there's a thought to that that is logical. And like I said, I, I can't tell you, and I did attempt to poke around, and I didn't get an answer about whether or not the Ravens were actually close to a Derrick Henry trade. I think it's reasonable to think that it was possible, but I can't, in the work that I did yesterday, I couldn't corroborate it. And what I said back to Jake is, that's true. But what I said at the beginning of the show is important as well. Well, we can say that those guys are in the pockets and they are kind of not really reporters anymore as much as they are. I mean, Adam Schefter completely debased himself with that, you know, Mr. Editor thing when Bruce Allen was in charge of the uh, Washington football fellows. I mean, that was one of the most embarrassing things ever. But what it really did, and ESPN's response to it to not punish him, was kind of openly admit, dude, Adam's not a reporter any longer. He's sort of part of the entertainment here. And we're a partner. And that's what it is. And if you don't like that, you know, sorry. And Adam Schefter might not like it. Like, if I said to his face, Adam, you're not a reporter anymore, he might be offended by that. But there, that taught us everything we needed to know. It's a weird line anymore, right? It's it's Rock Kabako was really upset when Drew and I said, "Well, if you go work for Masson, you don't you don't can't call yourself a reporter. You're working for the team, and you can try to say, well, but the you know technically the check says it's from Masson. Yes, who owns Masson? Like you're working for the team. It's what it is. Now I don't begrudge Rock Kabako in any way. Like it, it, as I said for all those years ago, and he was very bothered by Drew and I saying this. Like, as I said all those years ago, dude, I, I, if I tell you something about Loyola University, I'm not a reporter. I work there. I can't report on it. Not possible. I take checks there. I don't, whatever you do for a living to feed your family, yo, I am never going to judge somebody for that. I don't even really judge you know, stupid Skip Bayless. Do whatever you want to do, man. If that's how you make your living, that's... I judge the people that watch him or listen to him or share his content, but I don't judge him. Do whatever you want to do to make a living. But if you want to say that, hey, those guys, you know, maybe lose a little bit of their credibility because they are, you know, shareholders, if you will, I'll listen to that. At the same time... It is important to remember what is the risk to someone of being wrong. And for me, it's why, like, Jeff Zrebeck is more important on a day like today. Because I know he's plugged in. Because I know he has legitimate sources. Because I know he has the ability to sort of poke around on things. And, by the way, I don't know how honest those sources would want to be about trades that may or may not happen. But I know he has the ability to at least ask the questions. I'm not trying to dismiss anyone who is a podcast host or a blogger or a Twitter 
what do we, what do we even call personality? Yeah, yeah any of these things. I'm not trying to dismiss them and say they're wrong. Someone might be dismissive of me. I'm not a reporter, and here I was trying to tell you something about Josh Jacobs last night. I, you'd be wrong. I'm. This is. There's a reason why I'm only willing to report, as I said then, to the both Josh Jacobs source and another league source that I spoke to told me they didn't think the Raiders were going to trade Josh Jacobs. So when I told you what I told you about him wanting to be in Baltimore, I also told you I don't expect it to happen. But he wants it to. That's un. There is no dispute. That is fact. Josh Jacobs wants to be a Baltimore Raven. But the reporting that I did, what I said at the same time, is the expectation, both from Josh Jacobs' camp and from another league source that I spoke to, was that Josh Jacobs was not going to be traded. Of course, that leads to all the conversation that we had earlier. Why? But but why? It's the Ryan Reynolds uh, uh, gif now. But why? But why? Van Wilder was such a good movie. Um, and I don't know. Th- I don't have the answer to that. I just don't. I don't know why it is that the Raiders would be inclined to hold on to Josh Jacobs. It makes no bloody sense to me to both not pay him what he wants and hold on to him like that. All of it is sort of galaxy brain to me. But that's they're right. They don't have to trade Josh Jacobs, and if Josh Jacobs you know, refuses to be petulant about it and say, I, I won't, you know, I'm, I'm not going to try any longer. You better get rid of me if he's a better person than that. And knowing what I know about Josh Jacobs, I could understand that. Then so be it. They might not. I, I also know that it's all subterfuge season, and I take everything that I hear with a grain of salt, an utter grain of salt. It's... It's funny that the trade deadline has been more active in recent years when at the same time there's been a seventh playoff spot added and a 17th game added, right? Like there's teams more be around longer. There's more reason to believe that your season is not how many teams right now mathematically, not us doing our guys you're not going anywhere. How many teams right now mathematically are really out of it? The Cardinals, the Panthers, is that the list? That might be the list. Probably is. Do you right? think there, if nothing big, if nothing, I mean, we're probably another trade or two, but if nothing really massive happens today, do you think they consider moving the deadline back another week or two? So that way it, it would be the, it, it would really be, pulls in those teams that suck. It would be interesting. Um, it would be interesting to, to see if there, that would be a conversation. Because I would think the teams would benefit from having more time to make decisions about whether or not it would be good for them to make trades. It'd be interesting to me... Patriots are pretty out of it. They're like, I don't think the NFL wants it to be that all of the good players play you know, for certain teams. The NFL wants there to be... They don't want teams to just be dealing away good players constantly. The idea is that parity is what's been great for the sport, right? And while it would seem odd to want to have Josh Jacobs or Devontae Adams continue to be a Raider this season, what they're thinking about is what we want next year. We want next year everybody in Vegas to feel like they have a chance again. They want there to be an entire offseason of as many markets as possible to feel like they're in it. And if they have fewer good players right now, then there's less a reason for that market to feel like they're in it in the offseason. And it's sort of the awkward part about this. 
the NFL inherently might say, while maybe the trade deadline day had become fun, they don't really want teams just trading their players away and creating more of a baseball feeling of the haves and the have-nots. What's worked for the NFL is almost everyone is a have. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, to, then to your point, there are five, sorry, six teams with two wins or less right now who are we can pretty much consider they're all out. The Bears, the Giants are in that list of teams that have no chance. Now, remember, you got to also do the math on those divisions, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so, yeah, I mean, um, the Giants are... In that case, then the Panthers would probably be closer being in. Than, than yeah, that's. <laughs> I mean, that, I mean, that's a crazy thing to say, but right, like the Panthers might, in their mind, say, "Look, man, if Bryce Young keeps getting better." But otherwise, every division has six wins outside of a, uh, outside of the NFC every South. every winner every division every winner. division has a t- a leader with at least six wins. Mm-hmm. Does make it. I get. I, I can't. Still, we're talking about a very small number of teams that mathematically we feel like are out. And even we talk about a two-win team, not all two-win teams are created equal, right? Like, there are... The Packers are two and five. The And and probably believe that they'll be better, Jordan Love needs to play more, that they're moving towards something. I, I, I It's a small number of teams that know definitively that they're out. Now, we have the ability, you and I, to say, dude, the Raiders aren't doing S this season. They're not. They don't have a quarterback. Look around the AFC. You're not winning. Patrick, you, Patrick Mahomes is in their division. Right. Like, you and I can say that over and over again. But in that building today, the the people that make decisions aren't feeling like they can just announce, well, might as well give up. Can't do it. They're not going to do that because they're 3-5. and five. Because in their world, and I don't know who the Raiders play next. I don't know what their schedule looks like. Look at the Giants this week. Okay. <laughs> so in their mind, they go beat the Giants this week, and all of a sudden they're game under five hundred. All of a sudden they've got some momentum. And we've seen, like, the, the, the Jaguars a year ago were a team that made a big run in order to push. Now it helped that that division stunk, obviously, and that's the reason why they were able to make it. But we have seen this a few times. Wasn't it the Raiders two years ago that made a push in order to get into the playoffs? Yeah, because like, they under uh, who was the interim coach? Why do I? The Bakasha. Yes, Bakasha. Right. Like make this run kind of out of nowhere, and they push and they get or into Bisaccia, the playoffs. Well, Bisaccia, however, That's yeah, what. It, whatever yeah. it was. Bisaccia, I think you're right. They make this run and they end up playing the Bengals in the playoffs, and they were pretty competitive with them. Like these teams that are in the neighborhood, it's harder for them to just say to everybody in the building, "We got to give up. We just have to. We've got to give up." Because there's an awful lot of people in that building that are like, hey, um, wh- why? And while, again, it's easy for us to say, McDaniel stinks. You're in the same division as Patrick Mahomes. You're in the AFC. It's too low. You, it, give up. They have to go to work the next day. And they have to say, well, if we could just beat the Giants this week, we're, we are still kind of in the thick of things. Is it detached from reality reality? I guess. But at the same time, it's not... The the, the seventh seed right now in the AFC has four wins. They have th- The Raiders have three. So that's, that's what they're looking at. Mm-hmm. And they have to. Like, they've got to do that. So it is tough. I, I, I'm almost more surprised by how many deals there have been in recent years than I am that there, it hasn't been a terribly active deadline this year. I mean, Leonard Williams happened yesterday, and obviously there were a couple of trades last week. But 
so far today, it's been a quiet day. We'll see if things pick up in the next, you know, four and a half hours. The headlining uh, video on uh, the Raiders page, since I clicked their page on ESPN, is Schefter saying, no chance in hell Devontae Adams gets traded. That makes more sense. Again, that one to me makes more sense than Jacobs. Like I can make sense of you want to have a quarterback at some point in the future. Like you're you're not planning on not having a quarterback for forever. Well, they failed obviously miserably in thinking that Jimmy Garoppolo was the answer. They need to draft a quarterback, but they want to have a quarterback, and so they don't want to just give up on Devontae Adams because they are hoping next year. And I don't know who this person is, right? Like, in whether it's Caleb Williams, whether it's Kirk Cousins. Jesus Christ, I, I guess we have to talk about it that way. If Kirk Cousins is the answer at quarterback next year, they're thinking to themselves, man, Kirk Cousins and Devontae Adams, we might, we might have something. Now, I don't think they would have something. I think they'd be good enough to win seven games or eight games with that, or, not, you know, best nine. But... They might feel differently if Kirk Cousins was their quarterback next year. They won what? Did they, did they win 13 games last year? Who? The, the Raiders? Vikings. No, oh, sorry, but the Vikings played in the NFC. It's a little bit yeah, – uh, part yeah, of that, yeah, I, 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 if saying. Kirk Cousins had Devontae Adams in the NFC, like, you know, he's, he's done fairly well with Justin Jefferson. Like, I, I think that they would be relevant. But in the AFC, I don't think – I think it's a mm-hmm. – you're asking too much at that point. Um, but in their mind, they want to have a quarterback next year. And if they have a quarterback, they want to have a wide receiver. Makes sense. Running back, I don't get it at all, at all. I will not understand why that would, you know, impact. Yeah, a guy it. that you're just going to tag again. And right, like this doesn't make a lick of sense to me that they would feel inclined to hold on to Josh Jacobs, unless maybe the market for Josh Jacobs is just, that's just the nature of running back anymore. And that's the other side of this. If they said, well, we'll listen, and they listened, and the offers were like fifth round picks, fourth round picks, then. I can understand why they would say, yeah, we're not really, we're not interested in that. No, we're good. We're not just moving Josh Jacobs for the sake of moving him. He is more valuable. Like, whatever hope we have of him playing for us next year on a team that has a quarterback is more valuable than a, you know, mid to late round pick. So it's complicated calculus that we're doing here. I don't have all the answers. I, I We all, as inherently as fans want it to be everybody gets new toys so like you always want to get new toys and the Ravens have been doing a good job of providing us with new toys in recent years they've been more active at the trade deadline than they've been at the start of free agency but I I inherently understand why it might be difficult like I it's the difficult we can say these things about the Raiders and about other teams we could say it about look frankly I could, could have said it about the Titans last week. In fact, I did when I saw the report this weekend that they didn't want to trade Derrick Henry. It was I shared the Ryan Reynolds, but why? You know, Jif. Now, you could say, hey, well, Will Evis looked really good, so we kind of like to ride this thing out and see. I could make an argument for that. Like, what if they just found lightning in a bottle with Will Levis and they don't want to they want to give up on it one week later? Essentially less than that. It'd be three days later. Three yeah. days later, right. I, I could understand that. I still don't think it would be a good reason to make big-picture decisions, but I can understand that. They're, wait, what are they, 4-4? Four and four? What, are they, what are the Titans? The Titans are, that sounds... Yeah, I think they're no, four. they're 3-4. and 3-4? Four. 3-4. Three and four? Three and four. All right, they had their bye. But still, like I can understand why a team that's one game under five hundred that's coming off their rookie quarterback looking awesome, saying to themselves, maybe we could be the team that could get hot now. Maybe... Teams have to start respecting our quarterback a little bit. And that will open things up more for Derrick Henry. And we will be that much better moving forward, right? I could 
I can understand the difficulty where we all would sit back and say, dude, you're not winning a Super Bowl this year. Like, what are you doing? You're not winning a Super Bowl with Will Levis. They, I can understand why they wouldn't want to operate that way. Still can't make sense to Josh Jacobs. I can't make that make sense. Looks like we got our first, we got our biggest one so far. Oh. Bears and Commanders. Montez Sweat is. What? Yeah. What in the world? Chicago Bears land Montez Sweat for a second round pick. Ian Rappaport uh, just shares that, just shared that one. That one hurts me. That one's one I would have liked. Uh, Second round pick. So the difficult part is that the Ravens would have had to have offered more than a second round pick because the Bears' second round pick presumably would be better than the Ravens' second round pick would be. So that's the tricky part about having this conversation. Because the easy thing to... We would start by saying, would you have made it for a second round pick? And when I talked with Femi on Sunday, my answer was yes. Because you're thinking worst case... It's almost like Roquan Smith all over again. You're either going to keep him around long term or worst case scenario, you're going to get a third round compensatory pick for him next year. So you swap back one round worth of pick for a half a season of Montez Sweat to try to go win you a Super Bowl. So on paper, my answer was yes, I would do that. The tough part about it being the Bears second round pick is that now means you would have had to have offered more. You would have had to offer this because on again on paper it's a second-round pick plus, right? Like, they're, they would look at the two and say, well, your second-round pick's probably going to be at the end of the second round. The Bears' second-round pick is going to be the middle or the top of the second round. Now, from a football perspective, the question is, but why for the Bears? Like, the Bears have to be very confident that they're going to sign Montez Sweat now. They have to have extraordinary confidence about that because it makes no sense for them That's to do the math bad. of... Yeah, for them to do the math of, well, if we lose them, we, we, you know, we get a third round back. Why would you do that? <laughs> they have to have extraordinary confidence that they're about to sign Montez Sweat. But that that one stings, man. Like that one that one was one I was rooting for from the Baltimore Ravens. I would have loved Montez Sweat. I guess Chase Young's still on the table. Um and the commanders are very much in a if, sell mode then. If, if the, yeah. yeah, if the commanders are willing to move Sweat, then presumably they'd be moved to, willing to move Young. I actually liked Sweat better than I liked yeah. Young. I that was the one I wanted. That actually, honest to God, was the top of my defensive hit list. Like when I now look if Brian Burns is on the table, giddy up, let's talk. And I'm not the. We'll see if Daniel Hunter, if the uh, if the Cousins injury changes. I don't know what the Vikings are going to attempt to do. If they're just going to play Jaron Hall, then they might as well go ahead and trade Daniel Hunter. If they're trying to be aggressive today to go find an option to be their quarterback, and I don't even know who that would be, a Kyler. I think the Cardinals couldn't move that contract today. That's that's. There's no way you could make a trade for that contract without having watched Kyler Murray get on the field. If they're not if they're not making a move for a quarterback, I don't know why they wouldn't move Daniel Hunter. And I'd definitely still be in, interested in Daniel Hunter. But man, Montez Sweat was really at the top of my hit list. And so, because they the Bears said, I mean, they they gave Jalen Johnson a permission to seek a trade. So yeah, like, that's I mean, true too. Could that is it? Would that be one you're okay with the? Yeah, Ravens? somebody asked me about that earlier. Um. I'm not opposed, right? Like, I, it doesn't. It's not as intriguing to me as. So, again, when we say you can never have too many cornerbacks, there's still only so many of them that can be on the field, right? Like, and yes, I'd prefer to have depth, but it's the crazy part. You kind of have some depth right now. Like, you have four cornerbacks that you feel fairly good about. I, I mean, 
Shame on me. Shame on me for going that route. Yes, I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to consider the Jalen Johnson thing. A hundred percent. Because Yes, you truly. There's a there's a good NFL cornerback that's available on the market. Of course, you should be willing to consider that. No matter what you think your most pressing needs are, you should be willing to consider that. Yes, is the answer. Yes, I would be listening on Jalen Johnson, but I didn't feel about that what I felt about the front and Sweat in particular. Damn it, damn it, damn it! That one really does sting, man. I was so hopeful when that report came out over the weekend about the only offer being a third round pick. I'm like, good. <laughs> a third and a future sixth. Let's go. A third and a pick swap. You know, like well, let's. Maybe it's because the Commanders, uh, obviously know that the Ravens will win the Super Bowl, so that's essentially trying a third to round pick. That's trying well, to... Because well, they know it's yeah. pick sixty four. Right. That's what I'm saying. I, yeah. the, the, the Bears' second round pick is more valuable than the Ravens' second round pick is. Like you couldn't, you couldn't have gotten it done for just your second round pick. That's the reality. They could have, they would have needed to put in more than just their second round pick. Damn it. Damn it, damn it, damn it. Oh, it's very frustrating. I know we said we were going to talk about the World Series here, and then we didn't. We got into a whole diatribe about the trade deadline, and then Griffin ruined my day by Montez Sweat going to Chicago. Thanks a lot, jerk. Thanks a lot. Um, I, just my, I, I still think the Diamondbacks are alive. Gutty, obviously, from snakes John. Snake's alive, snake's alive. I gutty from John Gray last night. There's no way around it. Gutty. I mean, that's a that's a heck of an effort when his team needed it. Um not a lot of offense. There were two innings in which runs were scored. I, the, the, any one loss has not been the thing that's doomed the Diamondbacks so far in this playoffs. It's it's a bummer for them because now they know they can't win the World Series in Phoenix. But I never thought they were going to win the World Series in Phoenix. So that doesn't really shake my thought process. Like I, I mean, as a bet, if you said, what are the odds? Well, you'd have to say the Rangers are more likely to win because they're the team that has two wins. But I still think... I you know I still think the Diamondbacks arrived. They, now they got to get they got to bullpen their way through this tonight, and that they did it last series. It's not going to be easy, but if they can, I think they're going to still be in pretty good shape. Pretty good shape moving forward. All right, there you go. Now, wild moment this weekend, uh, Griffin. If people were not with us at the top of the show, you want to relive. This is what happened. Johns Hopkins undefeated, up at Muhlenberg lining up to try a 31-yard field goal to win the game, and the kick was blocked. Oh, no, disaster, except it wasn't. Here's what it looked and sounded like from this weekend. No penalty. 31-yard field goal to win the game. It's a good snap, and the kick is blocked. Yes, and what you don't hear there. Picked up on the block. Yeah, you don't hear there because the announcers were quite confused after a block kick was that our next guest plucked it right out of the air off the block kick. And in, when it looked like disaster for Johns Hopkins, instead it turned into euphoria as he rumbled into the end zone for a game-winning touchdown. And he is Will Leger, and he is with us now here on GCR. Will, it's Glenn. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, of course. How are you doing? Everything is good, man. How's, how's life been for you, dude? Like, all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, like, everybody's tweeting about you. You become this viral <laughs> sensation. What have the last 48 hours been like? Well, they've, they've, been, they've been crazy. I mean, starting off with the play, I mean, that's the 
most insane thing that I've ever seen or even been a part of on a football <laughs> field. So, <laughs> All right, so let's go back to it, obviously. How quickly, like how, like this is the craziest part about the play to me. Sometimes everybody's looking around for the ball and somebody picks it up and they scamper it. This happened. It's almost like you guys drew this up this way, how quickly it worked. When did your like brain process what was going on and and what you needed to do in that moment? Well, I mean, uh, I just kind of blocked down in my gap and then kind of looked down after I heard the kick and realized the ball was in my hands, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is kind of nuts. But um, sort of immediately after that, I was like, oh, man, we're going to overtime. And then kind of realized, hey, I can run this in. So just turned out and, and ran to the end zone as fast as I could. So you knew immediately, like you were completely aware of the rule. You knew immediately that ball did not get past the, the neutral zone, that you were good to take off, and as soon as you saw that there was an opening, you were going for it. Yeah, every every uh, year at the end of you know, fall camp, we do a situational kind of practice and talk about you know what we can and can't do. So I guess I just really paid attention during that practice. Were you at all worried when you get to the end zone and you're starting to celebrate? Were you at all worried that like somebody else didn't recognize the rule? Like, well, God, what if they blew the play dead? Like, did you have any like fear in your mind that somehow they were about to take take this magical moment away from you? Yeah, I'll be honest. I, I didn't really have much going on in my mind. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot going on, uh, but as soon as I saw, you know, the whole team kind of run on the field coming after me, I knew you know, they weren't going to overturn it or anything. So. <sighs> Man, what a cool moment! What can you can you describe what this is like? Like you know, there's a lot of guys that'll catch game-winning touchdowns. There's a lot of guys that'll you know make big defensive play. This is basically one of one in the history of football. Can you describe what that's like as you get down there and the guys are celebrating with you? And it was a really big game on top of everything else. Can you describe what that feeling is like? I mean, it, it was like unbelievable, but kind of the best part was just being, uh, you know, having all the guys around me and, and you know, celebrating it with them uh, and the team and kind of winning in, in such a such a crazy way in such a big game. And Will Leger is with us from Johns Hopkins, was named Centennial Conference Special Teams Player of the Week for obvious reasons this week. Um, it was a pretty big game for you in, in on the whole, too, obviously. It wasn't just this, but, Will, I, I, I talk about this. This team... You're undefeated. You're going on the road. It's this huge game in the conference at Muhlenberg. And it had been just a, a wild battle throughout the course of it. Like, it separated from the play and the excitement of it. Like, how good did it feel just to go get that caliber of win? It was, I mean, it was really nice. It was definitely a game that we had circled kind of on our calendars the whole year. Um, real back and forth game. I mean, we're up 14 twice and then kind of came back and chipped away at that. But, um, you know, just just huge win. We've been, you know, thinking about it all year, and it was it was really nice to come out with a win. So, what is it about this team? Like, I know that the, the, the look, this program has been very good for some time, but what is it about this team that you guys don't, as you pointed out, you don't blink. You're, you know, you have 14 point leads evaporate. You don't blink. You have a kick get blocked, and within seconds, you're winning a football game. Like, what is it about this team? that you guys are able to handle adversity and bounce back in these moments, and you're sitting here now at 8-0? I mean, I think it kind of shows, like, on the film and throughout the season, I think everyone's super focused in and locked in on, like, a next play mentality. Um, there were a lot of moments, especially in this past game, where we could have kind of, you know, folded. Um, but, you know, our whole team is, is really, really focused in on, you know, how, how what can we do next and, you know, you know, what's the best thing moving forward. So 
we've been kind of doing that all year, and it, it, it showed in the Muhlenberg game. Clearly did, clearly did. Will, um, in the, the couple of days that followed, was there a most surreal moment for you? Like, was there a most surreal, I can't believe this person just tweeted the play of this? Did you have any of those that you were like, what, what is my life right now? Um, definitely seeing it on, on ESPN on the college football finishes was, was a crazy moment for me. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's kind of always something you dream of as a kid, you know, making it on ESPN. Um, but to actually see that was really cool and them pronouncing my name right too, which is kind of funny. I mean, obviously Ernie did a great job of getting the word out, right? Like making sure everybody knew you can't, you can't butcher this. Will, you know, as I, as I, your path is fascinating to me. Like you're a kid from, from Houston that ended up playing D3 football at Maryland. I know Johns Hopkins is a little bit of a different world, but take me through your path. Like how did you end up here? Why Hopkins? And what do you have in mind for the rest of your life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so kind of one of the bigger draws to Hopkins was I knew I wanted to do mechanical engineering. I'm a mechanical engineering major. Um, and unfortunately, it kind of limits you as a football player to, to a few different programs um, that are you know high academic and, and competitive. Um, and, you know, after my visit at Hopkins and kind of speaking with other guys on the team, you know, I knew this was kind of the place that I could call home. Um, yeah, so it, it is pretty far from Texas. Um, definitely a lot colder, um, which I'm not, <laughs> not too used to still somehow. Um, but that's really kind of the main draw as well as the guys on the team, you know, it's just high quality guys on this, on this program. And, and then what kind of got into you this year, right? Like, you know, we, we, this play obviously, but you've had like 11 offensive touchdowns this season. What, what has changed? What has clicked that this has become such a breakout season for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been working kind of my whole way through and, you know, have had a lot of other guys um, that have been really successful playing, you know, positions that I was playing um, before. But um, just kind of always always staying ready, always always working um, and, you know, just kind of being in the right place at the right time. Uh, a good amount of times this season has kind of led to that. So, Do you guys start to feel like, you know, when, when you get a win like this and, and you get it in such sort of magical circumstances, do you almost start to think about, like, maybe we've – like a team of destiny, a team of fate, those types of things. Like, you know, obviously you all want to win a national championship, but do you start to think like maybe we've got, maybe we've got something cosmic on our side after something like this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, definitely a lot of that. Um, There's a, a nice feeling around the team for sure, um, kind of moving forward. But at the same time, we're real focused on, you know, winning out this week, uh, beating Dickinson to, you know, secure a playoff spot and to secure the conference championship. So. There's a little um, kind of mystical feeling, I guess, throughout the team, but everyone's still, again, focused on that kind of next play mentality. What does that What does that take? Look, I mentioned you guys have been good for some time, right? Like two years ago, you know, you were in there in the second round of the tournament. What What does it take? What have you learned from your time at Hopkins that it's going to take in order to advance and, and make a deeper run and have a shot at winning a national title this year? Um. Well, I think obviously, like the way we're seated, kind of helps in the in the playoffs if we do make it. Um, but also, just kind of just a a focus throughout the entire year, um, not playing down to certain teams' levels. You know, if, if they are a little bit less skilled than us, but kind of even kill throughout the year. You know, always playing our best um, and giving our full effort. I mean, you know, it's it, from your lips to God's ears. What how exciting it would be if it were to happen, if that were to be the case. Um, Will, did you keep the ball right, or did you in the in the madness of everything, did you like chuck the ball somewhere and then think like, oh, what an idiot! I I'm gonna remember that one forever. I probably should have held on to that. 
<laughs> I wish I did. I ended up tossing it to the refs. Oh, I didn't really know well, what, what to are do, you so. doing? Nobody was able to go back and get it for you? <laughs> nah, well, I was, I was, I was mobbed by a bunch of guys. So oh, man. I didn't really have much choice. Well, well that one's going to be one you're going to remember. Someday your grandkids are going to be like, Granddad, was this really you? This was really you? And you're going to say, and I gave the ball back to the referee. What was I thinking? <laughs> what was I doing in those moments? Still, uh, it'll be a video that will exist for forever, and everybody will remember it. Um, will, congratulations, man. I mean, a, a cool moment, obviously a special thing, a special season that you're having. Um, looking forward to seeing what's next for you and for you guys, as you mentioned um, really great opportunity ahead of you as you head on the road, Dickinson. But then maybe one more home game for everybody to come check out the Blue Jays on November 11th against McDaniel um, in the regular season anyway, and then the tournament after that. Uh, Will, where are you on social, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, anywhere like that that uh, Baltimore sports fans can be giving you a follow? I'm W-T-L-E-G-E-R-H-0. Pretty much on everything, so Instagram, Twitter, all that. Give him a follow. Will Leger. Dude, congratulations. Uh, awesome moment. Uh, special team you guys have. Thank you for spending a couple of minutes with us this morning. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's Will Leger from Johns Hopkins. Wild, man. Wild. Just, like, I, I, so I was working at Stevenson on Saturday. And uh, my friend, uh, uh, Jim Wagner, who's the SID there, like walks over to me because we had two soccer matches on Saturday. And like between soccer matches, he's like, dude, wait till you hear this. I'm like, what? <laughs> he said, so Johns Hopkins was playing Muhlenberg. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was a big game. And it was. It was a very big game in the Centennial Conference. He's like, they're lining up to kick the extra, the game-winning field goal. It gets blocked. I'm like, oh, no. He's like, but... I'm like, what? <laughs> Say what now? Yep. Yep. Uh, run back for a touchdown. Game winner for Will Jay and the Blue Jays. Very cool. I uh, appreciate the Will taking a couple of minutes for us this morning to uh, reflect on that moment. All right. Anything else that we haven't covered today? We'll um, continue to yeah, monitor yeah. the deadline, obviously, over the course of the next four hours. and. That'll probably be what we're talking about tomorrow on the program is what the Ravens did or did not do. Remember what Chris Sims said. They did not, they don't need to make a move. Somebody I saw, hang on a second. Uh, I saw a tweet. Uh, Jeremy Fowler says, source, almost no chance Vikings move to Neil Hunter at deadline. Great. Um, I wanted my... I wanted Montez Sweat so bad. It'll be okay, Glenn. I wanted Montez Sweat so bad. Also, remember, whenever you see a tweet like that, of course, it is subterfuge season. I'm not saying that Jeremy Fowler's wrong or he's not well-sourced or anything like that, but just never know when that's what they want the Ravens to think. We want you to believe that we're not trading Daniel Hunter. No chance in hell. Yeah, right? Unless hell is a first-round pick. <laughs> Uh, our nation turns its lonely eyes to Chase Young and Josh Jacobs, man. I keep God. Guys. No one ever said we Max Crosby's off the board, right? That's true. No one said that, but I think we can reasonably deduce that, Griffin. Well, if you're Josh Jacobs and you want to come to Baltimore, and again, I'm telling you, he wants to come to Baltimore. Why don't I just go and throw your weight around a little bit? Like walk in, like move me. It's over. Do it. Do it.
do it. Hey, uh, don't forget, no Tyus Bowser show tonight. Uh, it is Halloween. We assume that you and uh, maybe your kids might have some plans. We're going out trick-or-treating. God. We don't, so we don't really have a neighborhood where I live. Uh, so you got to go. We go to my mother-in-law's house. Oh, she's a great mob scene. Mm. She lives in a townhouse complex in the Hunt Valley area, and it is bedlam. I mean, like people are are blocking off parking spots starting at like, like 1 four. o'clock today. Oh, wow. It's nuts. Mrs. Clark is like, you, be- you better be there. You better be there by 4. I'm like, I don't know that I can be there by 4. She's like, well, you need to be. We what, what what are we doing? It's overwhelming. Drives me nuts. But the kids love it and they're very happy. The other thing too, my my wiener kids is and this is a thing. These kids that don't think they have to say trick or treat anymore, they just walk up to the door with like their bags out. Oh yeah. And I know that like uh we're supposed to watch for like the blue pumpkins because those are supposed to be um uh autism, yes, right? Yeah. So like that's a different thing. But I'm talking about kids that are totally like my idiot kids. They just feel like they all they got to do is is walk up, like yeah, just walk up to the door. No a holes. Got to work. <sighs> Drives me nuts. Who do you think you are? You have to say trick or treat, even if we all know what we're out here doing tonight. It's all part of the ceremony. You have to walk up. You ring the doorbell. They come to the door. Actually, nobody rings the doorbell. People just sit at the door, right? But you walk up. You say trick or treat. It's the smallest thing you can do. But it's part of it. Then you say thank you. How many times a night? Well, you should set an over under on that. You should. I swear to God, we set an over under on. No, no, no. How many times I have to say to my kids, "What do you say?" Um. So how many houses approximately are in the neighborhood? Oh, we will hit. (laughs) We'll hit fifty houses tonight. Then I would say forty. Let's say forty houses. I think you probably have to remind them double digits. I set, give me a number and I'll tell you. I'll if I, go about 16 and a half. All right, I will say the under. I was thinking it was more like 11 and a half. Oh, okay. I was all thinking right, that would right. be the number. 11 and a half was the appropriate number for how I'm many times I have to say, what do, you, <laughs> what do you say? All right, fine, take the over. I will keep track. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I will keep track of how many times I find myself saying what. And sometimes they're like, I said it, but it was like under their breath. Like, thank you. You know, like that. I'm like, no, say it out loud. It's not just part of, this is not part of the ceremony. This is you trying to be a good human being. Anyway, the reason why we're not doing the Tyus Bowser show tonight is so that I can walk around with my kids tonight and say, what do you say? We'll be back next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, we will return to Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North for the next Tyus Bowser show. It's a partnership of Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia. It's brought to you by A.J. Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Find out more at PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. The Tyus Bowser show returns next Tuesday. John Harbaugh sounded more optimistic in talking about Tyus yesterday. That was, that was, I mean, it wasn't like for this week. I think what he used the term, like, Tyus's knee can get angry. <laughs> Doesn't sound great. But he seen, sounded more optimistic about Tyus like the, the 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 crazy stuff some of us were feeling a couple weeks ago, like he might never play again. Um, that was his optimism, and his John has not made this any more bet any better in recent weeks. I'm trying to remember what exactly the phrase was that he said when he was asked about Tyus yesterday, but it was relevant. And I, as someone who's in the Tyus Bowser business, I was I was uh, 
Um, uh, Tyus, this is from Melissa Kim, said, quote, Tyus is pretty optimistic, can't make any guarantees, unquote. I feel like somebody else said. Uh, Bo Smolka, John Harbaugh said he spoke to Tyus Bowser, who is, quote, optimistic, unquote, about his return, though Harbaugh said Bowser's injured knee can get, quote, angry, unquote. <laughs> said they will know more, quote, in the next few weeks. I'll just take optimistic right now, considering how the last few weeks have gone. I'll take optimistic. That's what I'll take, especially if the Ravens don't add Montez Sweat or Chase. They're not going to add Montez Sweat, Chase Young, or Daniil Hunter, any of those guys at the deadline, Brian Burns. Hopefully, Tyus Bowser can help out in the coming weeks instead. Jordan Schultz tweeted that uh, running back needy teams have reached out to the Patriots about the availability of Ezekiel Elliott. Okay, but what about the running backs? What what would you do about that? Like, I guess Ezekiel Elliott could come to your team, but how would you address your running back need? I'm confused to how those two things are related. And, and it doesn't make sense because uh, the, he was people, exactly. anybody could have had Ezekiel Elliott. No one wanted him. That smells like the Patriots trying to create some sort of market for Ezekiel Elliott that's not there. Somebody asked me about about Dalvin Cook early in the week, and it, that's a that's one that I'm torn about, right? Like, so the Jets gave it's Dalvin kind of the same. Well, yeah. Is it like Dalvin Hook and Dalvin Hook? Dalvin Cook inherently has the skill set that you would like. It's just that we haven't really seen it this year because he hasn't gotten a ton of snaps. It, again, if it's between like Dalvin Cook and Zach Moss, I'd be, I, you know, be it's not, to, a, it's not a no. What was the Dalvin original trade? I'm, I'm, I'm list. I mean, like, you're not going to get anything for Dalvin Cook, right? Like, if that's what you're down to is between he and Moss, I'm not saying no. I can't tell you definitively that it's a better move than Moss, but I, I, I'd at least be semi-intrigued by it. Like, we're not that far removed from Dalvin Cook being Dalvin Cook. I This isn't, you know, Kenyon Drake a couple of years removed from when he was explosive. Dalvin Cook has been explosive recently. So I'm. it's not a flat no for me. It's just more like a... You know, I got to I got to see a little bit more about it, but you know, we'll consider it. All right, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit okay. is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Glenn, your prince, Will Levis, uh, had four touchdowns in... Uh... Let's let's ease up over there. You're the one that's most likely to end up doing a Will Levis to Irish coffee at this point. Well, I mean, he's going to lead your fantasy team to... Well, let's let's see about that. I don't even know if I'm actually going to... Four touchdown passes in his first career game. Uh, that is the second... Or he is the second player since uh, 1970 with four passing touchdowns in his first game. Any idea It who... wasn't Kurt Warner. It was not Kurt Warner. Uh, any uh, since 1970. Since 1970. Whew. Um, Dan Marino. He was only seen. He 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 was a Titan. What? The other guy to do this. McNair. No. Vince Young. No. Mariota. Marcus Mariota oh. had four passing touchdowns. I don't know if that's the comparison that Will Levis is looking for. <laughs> Uh, I'm Max, a little higher. Max Scherzer became the eighth pitcher to uh, start a World Series game with three different franchises yesterday. Okay. Uh, do you want to ha- take any crack at the one of the other seven? 
Oh, seven pitchers have started yes. World Series games with three different franchises. I don't expect you to. There's, yeah, I guess you should get half of them. But <laughs> I, there's one guy on the list that has a fun name. That's the only reason I want to say this one. Okay. Uh, how about three different World Series and three different teams? Uh, did Clemens get a third? Clemens. Roger yeah. Clemens, yes. Roger Clemens. The well, Why do I not know it off the top of my head? How about how about man? This is this is harder than I thought it was going to be. Well, Clemens would have been. Are you still looking? It's the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Astros. Or no, he wasn't he, on Astros, was he? Who was the third? Now that I think about um, it, um, the Astros and was it was oh was he on the Astros team that lost to the uh, White Sox in the World Series? Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. in oh, right. six, yeah, six, yeah, five. So that would be the third whatever. one. Yeah. That would have been the third one. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, that'll be that the other part. Name all three. Right. That. that was a struggle, actually. Uh, how about man? Why am I? I am uh, Verlander never had a third. He was just a two, right? Uh, no, Verlander's not on there. Yeah. Yes. So there. So there's one, two, three uh, that have three others that have done it this uh, like since 2000. Kurt Schilling. Kurt Schilling, yes. Philly, Boston, and Arizona. Yes. Yeah. Jeez, this is hard, man. I don't. Did Randy Johnson ever? No, Randy Johnson did not. Because he never made one with the Mariners, and then it's like just trying to figure out, like, he might have done it with the Yankees. I just don't remember if he was on a good Yankees team or a bad Yankees team. And he was with the Giants, too, and the Giants made a lot of World Series. So, like, I could have I seen that being possible, but... God, I am... I'm just going to have to start guessing pitchers, and this is this is already brutal, like... You know, I don't think Maddox even had a second one. I don't think the Padres or the Cubs ever made a World Series when he was there. Ugh. Two more that you should get. Two more that I should get yes. based on them just being Hall of Famers. Mm, or not Hall of Famers, but, you know, like relevant pitchers, modern Burt Blylevin. No. These both guys modern, like very well, man, since 2000. Since 2000. Both guys since 2000. Um, was one of them a Cardinal? Mm, he was, but he did not start the World Series with the Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> he played for four teams. The other three, he. How do a I do with that? <laughs> he was a Cardinal, but he didn't. Okay, was he also a Yankee? No. Was he also a Dodger? No. Was he also a Red Sox? Yes. Red Sox? Oh, what's his face? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's his face? Lance Lynn? No, not Lance Lynn. Last name starts with an L. Lackey. John Lackey. Lackey. John Lackey. The Angels, Red Sox. Yikes. And the Chicago Cubs. Yikes. Wow, he was on the Angels team that won the World Series? Mm-hmm. I don't remember that at all. God. That was his first season. How about that? I didn't realize it went back that far. That's crazy. All right, and then another modern one, another very. Wow, he started Game Seven that year against the Giants. Holy yes, yeah. maybe I do remember that, and I've just I don't know, whatever. All right, um, yikes, another modern one. Was it an Astro? 
He yes yes okay an Astro who was also a oh, was it Charlie Morton Charlie Morton yes Charlie Morton the Astros Rays and Braves yeah but if it was the 2020 World Series it shouldn't count let's just be fair about that that wasn't really a World Series <laughs> um all right well done uh, this is the fourth time that James Harden has been traded well, well who are the others oh that's right yeah yeah, yeah. uh the others one that Danny Jackson okay Jack Morris. Oh, I might have gotten Jack Morris if we had kept going for a little uh, while. Bullet Joe Bush. Oh, Bullet Joe! <laughs> Hell yeah! I love Bullet, Bullet Joe. Bullet Joe Bush. Oh, man, Joe I'm really Bush. mad that I didn't go as Bullet Joe Bush for Halloween now. Uh-oh. That would have been great. Uh, fourth time Harden has been traded in his career. Are we, really, are we still doing more here? I, I, had I can tra- make this the last one. I can make this the last one. For God's sakes. Uh, tied for the most uh, times that former MVP has Check. been traded. Um, no. What? There are three other guys that have been traded four times that have won the NBA. But MVP. Shaq wasn't traded four times. Um, is it? Maybe it's uh, like after winning the MVP that. Oh, he's trying to be specific. Yeah. But the one I'm looking at, yeah. Was he not MVP in Orlando? Um, so I know he was. He signed in LA, right? He wasn't traded to LA, but he was traded to Miami. He was traded to Phoenix. He was traded to Boston. Oh, was he not traded to Cleveland? Was he maybe just did he just sign in Cleveland? That doesn't make sense. I'm trying to do the math with Shaq. <laughs> Did uh okay yeah he was the MVP in two thousand. Um, Whoa. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out when he was traded. Yeah, let's see when he was traded. Okay. Um. Hang on a second, because he was definitely. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. He was definitely traded to Miami. But he might not have been traded. I'm. I'm it's totally possible. Three that, like, times. Shaq was traded three times in his 19-year career. So he was. He was traded to Miami. He was traded to Phoenix. He was traded to Boston. But then he just ended up in Cleveland. Like for. Oh no, he was traded to Cleveland. He just. He wasn't traded to Boston. He just signed in Boston. Yeah, that's all it was. He wasn't okay. traded to Boston. All right, that answers that. Sorry, we spent a lot of time on that. I don't know, man. Durant. No. How the hell? One active. One active. Um, one active. La, ba, 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 ba. Westbrook? Russell Westbrook, okay. yes. That's the only one that could be active that would have made sense. Other guys that were traded a bunch. Was Barkley traded that many times? No, he wasn't. Surprised that there weren't that many trades back in the day. This is why this one is kind of surprising to me. Did Steve Nash end up bouncing around enough at the end of his career? That no, he was not. Jason Kidd? Was Jason uh, Kidd MVP? No. Maybe he wasn't MVP. Uh, Garnett was only traded the the one time, right? Like He wasn't traded more than that. Yeah, Garnett's not on there. So we got to go r- way back, don't we? Yeah, a little back, yeah. He was the he was a three time MVP. This one uh, was a three time uh, NBA MVP. Bill Walton? No, not Bill Walton. Seventy nine, eighty two, and eighty three. So oh, Moses Malone. Moses Malone. I yes. would not have been able to tell you how many times Moses Malone was traded. Four times. Maryland legend Moses yeah. Malone, of course. Uh, all right. How many? How many? And then uh, the last one. Uh, he was uh, when did he win MVP? Um, Nineteen seventy five. He was the MVP with. The it's Buffalo not, Braves. It's not Kareem. The Buffalo Braves. McAdoo? Bob McAdoo, okay. yeah. Bob McAdoo, Russell Westbrook, Moses Malone, James Harden is your list of four-time traded NBA, NBA MVPs. Man. Man. All right. Very good. Yeah. Sure. That one wasn't great. I should have went with the, um, <laughs> with the World Series one. 
Uh, really quickly, so the trivia the uh, last night we did we won trivia last night. Congrats! I struggled the first half. I don't think I got anything. The second half I came to life. Um, <laughs> first sec first question of the second half. Thank God. Name the uh, team that just won the WNBA Finals. The Las Vegas Aces. And who is the regular season MVP in the WNBA this year? And by the way, Shoot. I was actually torn because I couldn't remember which of two people it was. I got it right, but it was 50-50 for me. Was it an ace? Was it? I, I don't know if you know how trivia works. By the way, I thought you were going to yeah, come yeah. out the trivia. What happened to that? Uh, yeah. I thought you were going to start playing. I realized I probably don't add as much. I mean, I, I would think I would hope I can answer. If one you would question. like to come out next Monday, come out and play with us. We'd love to have you. Um, all right, next. I don't think I can. Well, maybe, okay. yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> never happened. Who won WNBP? Mm-hmm. Alyssa Thomas had a great year. I, I'll guess Alyssa Thomas. It certainly was not Alyssa Thomas. It was Brianna Stewart. And no. the only reason why I got there is because I remember there being like some. Con- they started because jo- I think they believed that Asia Wilson should have been MVP. And, like, there was jawing a little bit about it during the finals. So I was between Stewart and Wilson, and I went with Stewart. Uh, And then the final question, which technically was about sports, (laughs) the theme was was occupations. And the question was, when the Packers played the Steelers in Super Bowl, what was that, 44? It marked the first time that no one from this occupation was present at a Super Bowl. So a position is... No one from this occupation occupation. was present at a Super Bowl. How can they prove that? Like, was a pizza delivery guy, you know, like, not there? uh, Actively working in that (laughs) occupation. Um, let's see. There was a, I'm sure they had a play-by-play announcer. I'm sure they did. <laughs> I bet they had a couple. There are definitely some head coaches there. Probably. <laughs> what kind of question is this? John, Pro- did you get this John right? Proctor knows. He was, John Proctor knows. was he there? He wasn't. I didn't realize Proctor. I don't know why my, my Proctor's been messaging this entire time and I've not seen any of them pop up on my, oh. for whatever reason. I don't know what that's all about. Um, Proctor's got it right. And we got it right. But in fairness, I suggested a different answer first. I, I don't even know like what like so did both teams didn't have a kicker or something which doesn't seem true like like yes I'm sure both teams didn't have a kicker Griffin I'm yeah. sure you're barking up the right tree here well, that's where my uh, that's why I have no thought I have no way of attacking this I don't know what uh, that we're working the game there was no uh, halftime performer that would be I it was most certainly a I halftime can't. performer. I don't remember who it was. This would have been a This was the 2008, 2009. This would have been a Super Bowl in this would have been the Dallas Super Bowl. I don't remember who was the halftime yeah, performer. I, mean, I was 8 year years old. Dallas. Mm? Um, what have I told you the first guess that I threw out? That were did both teams like fire an offensive coordinator or something that doesn't make any sense either. Somebody was still the offensive coordinator. Yeah. The first guess that I threw yeah. out and when I thought about Packers Steelers was mascot. That was the first guess that I tossed out. Because remember, the Steelers added a mascot, but I couldn't remember what year they added their mascot. So the Packers don't have a mascot that I know of. And I was like, oh, that might work. Steely McBeam didn't come around for some time. It's possible it's mascot. But then my drunken buddy Brad. It's like, actually, no, sorry. It started with my old roommate. My old roommate came to play with us last night, and he said, what about cheerleaders? 
And then, of course, our drunken friend, who we will all say what the answer is, and then he'll take credit for it because he says it. He'll be like, well, could it be cheerleaders? And he'll be like, dude, I told you it was cheerleaders. Like, we, we just okay, so a, we said it. A marching band. That'll be my final. Cheerleader was the oh, answer. Oh, it is the answer. Yeah, <laughs> those two teams don't have cheerleaders. That's That was what the answer was. Wow. Yeah. Yep, that was the uh, correct well, answer. And we got job. it, and we wagered everything. We went for it, and we were correct. We were correct. Did you guys, so you guys won. What's that? Did you guys win? Like, won, win it all? Uh, Yeah, we won We won uh, uh, for the night. Yep, we won by one point. We, wow. uh, And the bonus point that we got on Brianna Stewart was actually the difference in how we won. Like, every the team that also that we tied, that we would have been tied with also had the aces, but you got an extra point if you had the, had MVP. the MVP. So wow. that was the difference is getting that point. Yep. It was not a great. A, the first round was all about like horror movies. That's, that is a blind spot. Like I, horror movies, I watch them, but it's never been like a. Just say insidious for everything. Yeah, super fan of of horror movies. All right, very good. Uh, Tubular is brought to you today by Superbook. Of course, Game Four of the World Series is tonight, and it is a pick'em. A pick'em at Superbook. So. For the bullpen, because both sides are basically well, yeah, because Heaney's yeah, the one that's starting for the Rangers, so presumably that means Dunning. you're going to see Dunning. Yep, 100. percent So it is a straight up pick. Oh, sorry, just moved, just moved. I would guess the Rangers moved to no. The Diamondbacks have moved to favorites by the slightest of margins. Diamondbacks minus 110. Rangers even money tonight. Oh, are you going to make a bet at the Superbook? Is uh, that what you're looking to do maybe, right now? Maybe might be putting yeah. something in. Which way are you going? Well. Uh yeah, getting the Rangers at plus money. Yeah, why not? You're going they, with the Rangers. They haven't lost a road, have they? Yeah, they haven't lost lost a road. That game. is true. <laughs> they have not lost a road game. These pl- that is unbelievable, just unbelievable. Uh, so if you're like Griffin, you want to go get some money in on the Rangers yeah. right now, plus one hundred for Game Four of the World Series at Superbook. If you're signing up for the first time, what you should do is you should use the code Glenn Clark twenty three. And when you'll do, when you do, you'll receive up to two hundred fifty dollars in a same day first bet match, win or lose. Again, Superbook.com or download the Superbook app. Yep, Fox tonight for Game Four of the World Series, Rangers Diamondbacks. It'll be Andrew Heaney and Joe Mantiply on the mound first, but obviously they are not. It's not like having regular starting pitchers. UMBC soccer wraps the regular season then at seven against Binghamton on America East TV. Maction season is upon us, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, yes. ESPNU, Northern Illinois, and Central Michigan Some at Halloween 7. Halloween ESPN 2, Buffalo and Toledo at 7.30. TNT, Knicks, Cavs at 7.30. Spurs, Suns at 10. Are any of the Suns real players playing tonight? Um, be really nice. To, did they, this, the Suns played last night, too, right? So that would I don't make, even remember. I got to be honest. I know Beal, you. whatever the most recent game was, Beal did not play. Yeah. Yeah. He's yet to make his Phoenix debut. Yep. It's about right. Hopefully, he picks the games that matter. Like the in-season tournament. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it's underway this Friday uh, night. I know they did not play last night. So, yeah, uh, Beal and – Booker. Did Booker play on Saturday? He I don't think a, he did. No. Yeah. He is a game-time decision, okay. it looks like. ESPN, Kings Maple Leafs at 8 o'clock tonight. USA Network for WWE Monday Night Raw. Anything non-sports-wise? Mm, welcome to Wrexham. Ah, uh, FX, we love of Wrexham. course. Big and uh, AOC, Alex, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, will be on Colbert tonight. Ah, she'll be plugging the pain, pain hustlers. Think so? I don't know. <laughs> Should we plug in Mike Johnson? And yeah. Let's maybe not say it that way. That uh, seems, yeah, yeah. That seems wrong. She'll be let's just not. talking about. Yeah, let's not. Let's not try to clean that up. That's it. Okay, very good. 
Thanks to today to uh, Will Leger from uh, Johns Hopkins. Very cool story there. Thanks, of course, to Joe Serpico and to Wes Brown and to Chris Sims. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the. Oh my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Tomorrow on the program, we're gonna do picks a day early because Griffin's like running off into the. the yeah, I don't know what he's doing. Never know what he's. I never know what he's doing up there. The meatloaf. I never know what he's doing up there. Um, but Griffin will be running off to the, 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 the Great White North or whatever he's doing over the course of the next few days, so we're going to do picks a day early. Uh, I assume KZ will be able to join us for that. Anything else? Dolphin oh, thing. Oh, no. Yeah. We got we to step our game up a little bit around here. We'll s- hopefully there'll be a trade made, and then we can talk about that. If not, we'll talk about there being no trade made. That'll be just as fun. Thanks, everybody, at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including... Live Casino and Hotel, the Maryland Five Star, A.J. Michaels, the Baltimore County Police Department, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook Sports, Hartford County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday night. Be safe. Happy Halloween. Duke sucks.